Probably should turn the mics on for this one. Probably should. Ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, welcome back to another episode of The Keel Show. I am your host, Alex Keel. Alongside me, the inside of the insiders, Tyler Keel. Hey, everyone. Look who's back. It's me. He's back. Howdy, everyone. I'm so proud of that. If you're watching us live, you're definitely watching us on 12 Ounce Sports. That's on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter for that. If you're watching us on The Keel Show YouTube page, you're obviously watching us there. But... Make sure to use the hashtag the make sure to use the hashtag TKS at the Keel Show. If you have any questions, make sure to hit us up in the chat or in the comments to, during today's episode if you're watching us live, obviously. And we will do our very best to answer them as we go along with the show. Today's show is brought to you by Second String Leather Company. Check out their Brian's Demon Collection, big mark, markdowns on three slotted and six slotted wallets. Over $30 off the regular price. Second string leather company grafted from the crease. Today's episode is also brought to you by mybookie.com. Folks, sports are coming back. Hockey exhibition starts tomorrow, which means that hockey actual games will be starting soon on the 1st of August. And that means that you can bet on those games. Make sure to use the promo code 12 ounce sports and join for free today. On today's program, we'll be talking about the new Seattle team. And we will also be doing some play-in series previews with none other than friends of the show, Harrison Watt and Thomas Biondo. Wow, we got a stacked show today, Alex. Pretty good show today, I would say. I mean, pretty good. You're pretty, pretty good. You, you could say it was phenomenal. Well, the oh. start was once again. You know what? See, this is what happens, Alex. You leave the show for a week, and I forget how to time the mics because I can stay quiet during the beginning of a show when I'm doing all the intro. I've turned the mics off with you because you'll start blabbing about just random stuff. That's false. I was completely quiet. I was quiet yes, for because solid... I Yes, because you couldn't hear yourself. Well, that's not entirely true. That is entirely true. That being said, we can get into the first little bit. Let's talk about the Western Conference here. Okay, so we can talk about good old Seattle crack, and we also can talk about the Western Conference play-in series, which means that we can bring in friend of the show, six-time six time on the Keel Show, play-by-play voice for the Fair State Bulldogs, ladies and gentlemen, once again on the show, Harrison Watt. Yeah, hey, right. Harrison, how we doing? Can I say something about Second String? They're awesome. I love those products i'm giving you a free sponsorship plug so just make sure you record <laughs> well, this and send it to them they're right here in the top right corner right next to me i made sure i put them on this i got a sticker i got uh alex has got a sticker on his bottle i do he's got a sticker we got stickers everywhere we got flyers i got business cards in my wallet my second string leather wallet my waffle board i showed that to harrison when we played golf on friday oh yeah too bad the golf game was not as good as the leather wallet though that's for sure it, no, it, I, I went out to a local establishment with my buddy I was telling you about that had uh, a watch made from Jimmy Howard's pads. Yeah. And uh, second string will be a soon purchase for myself. So if you're listening, it's, this is your free sponsorship work. You're <laughs> welcome. Texting Joe Messina right now. Hey, Joe, you got a free plug. A leather watch strap made from Jimmy Howard's, Jimmy Howard's pad. That sounds hey, pretty interesting. look at the bright side. It probably still has, you know, because, you know, watch has got the little notches in, so you can put the little loop in there. Sure. Still has less holes than Jimmy Howard. Oh, good. Thank well, you. I was, Woo! I was going to say, you better not drop it or it's going to rebound pretty hard right back at you. So. <laughs> Ooh, there it is. There it is. You know what? With, I mean, we're talking about the Western Conference here, and I'm just surprised that Ken Holland hasn't tried to got him to Edmonton yet. 
Well, look at the goaltending. They have Koskinen and Mike Smith, and obviously we'll get to that later on in the Western Conference preview. But, I mean, I'll be honest. The goaltending, hey, as far as I know, Mike Smith and Miko Koskinen have their groins intact. Harrison, wouldn't you agree with me there? Um, to put it lightly, Jimmy Howard would fit in with that group. And well, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Hey. Well, we are going to be talking about the Western Conference here, but we, we have to first talk about the brand new, the announcing of the name of the Seattle hockey team, now the Seattle Kraken. They have released. They have Virginia. released the Kraken. Yeah, they have released the Kraken. Do, they do, have do, put do. out the pictures of their jerseys, what they're going to look like. They have the pre-order stuff on Fanatics, and I think they have stuff on NHL.com. Um, they also, yeah, just. Well, okay, okay. so you, so Al, so Harrison, Alex claims that he already ordered a shirt. I did. I ordered a t-shirt and a. Uh, but you pre-ordered them. And a hat, yes. Because Harrison tried it on day one. He made the mistake. He tried to, like, get, like, the tickets for, like, a Taylor Swift concert with the day they went out, and the whole site crashed. Like, it was. Yeah, this site, site was down right away. I pre-ordered a shirt eventually, but it crashed. Me and my friends were all on it, like three minutes into the press conference trying to get stuff and it was it was a disaster so i mean good for them i mean probably gonna make some although it's uh 100 proceeds to a local charity that first month isn't it so yeah i guess yes. they're not gonna make great money but great publicity oh absolutely and also too i mean you're automatically they had the what was it the best record for um they had better numbers than when Vegas opened up their stuff the for fa- merchandise. The fastest, I think, pre-sale on tickets. I, and this was think, two years. Yeah. I think hockey is bigger in Seattle than it is in Vegas. Like, they were excited for Vegas, yes, but you don't really think of Vegas as like a residential area where you grow a fan base. Now, that's happened. I mean, geez, look at their look at the send-off they had. Holy cow. Like, abs- it was almost as, almost as good as Carolina's, Alex. I'll give you that. But Seattle's been so deserving of a new sports team and a basketball team and a hockey team for a long time. Like they've been waiting for this forever. I think anything Vegas got was just going to be a bonus because I don't think professional sporting leagues ever really thought that, you know, outside of bringing tourists in on the weekends to come to Vegas for games, that they were going to have like a regular fan base. But I mean, the Golden Knights have done a really good job of that, but no, I'm not surprised that Seattle did so well. So um, in terms of the deposits. So what do we think of the colors then, everybody? I guess we should just go, I guess, a round table here, even though Harrison's on the phone. Like, do we like the colors? Yes. I, I would say yes. I'm just making sure. I'm like, it's one of those things like, do we like him? Do we? Because I, I like him. I, there was a lot of the flack about the red eye. Well, well, here, here's, here's my little soapbox about it. And I'll, I'll go back to what my Alex, original six two. It's not was. a small soapbox. You're six foot two like me. It's, they're not small. They're it's, big. It's my little soapbox here. And... I really do think that they should have originally went with the Metropolitan. Oh, thing. give it however, a rest. However, though, when I, I watched their promo video that they did, where they, you know, they showed when they became the, the satellite the, Budweiser the, the Gullhorns, ports, they uh, they showed you know different parts of the city. They did mention the Metropolitans in there with some old photos. And now that I think about it, with the use of and actually i figured this out when i was talking to dad the fact that they didn't use like the actual like a kraken as the logo but instead they incorporated crack kraken aspects into the letter s 
kind of makes a harken back to the Metropolitans because the Seattle Metropolitans logo was a block. Well, it wasn't it was a block S. S. It was just a regular script S with the word Metropolitans in there. So it's kind of like, it's yes, they just have the S for Seattle and they've got the Kraken in there. And I kind of like that because, you know, one thing is like no other team has that. No other team has where it's just basically the letter with the stuff in there. But you could make the argument that Columbus has like the kind of C with the flag and stuff. But no, I like the colors. I like it. Yeah. The only other way you could have, the only other thing you could have done that would have been a huge cop out and I don't think it would have gone over as well is if you did Seattle Supersonics colors. See, there aren't any teams, there aren't any teams in the league currently using that exact color scheme. It would come out a lot like the Minnesota North Stars. But again, I it's not original. So I think while initially it might have been, oh, that's sick. After a while, people have been like, okay, you're cheating. I, I will say this, though. I do get a remnant of, I mean, obviously the roads, the road Kraken uh, is black sweaters. There will be blue black sweaters. But the home sweaters almost give me an, a, a vision of an early, early 90s, early expansion San Jose Sharks, though. That gave me a feel at first. I'll say that. How about, how about counter? The what's it what was the, the fisherman New York Islanders? Oh, the yeah, uh, the, the, the fish King's. fisherman, yeah, yes, yes, the, those kind of co- well, obviously, it's that would have been hilarious. The red is different yeah. than the should have been a sock eye. It's a guy with the fish, just close hold the fish I'm like that. I'm thankful that it's not the sock eyes. I'm thankful that it's not the sock eyes. So, I didn't get what I wanted. They called them the Kraken, but I think they did good. You were not getting the Metropolitans, Alex. <laughs> a man what? can try. It was not the good. first team to win the Stanley Cup as an American team, 1917. They beat the Montreal Canadiens. And guess what happened two years later? Alex, Spanish influenza. You can't have, can't have history repeat itself too many times. They still won. It's already 2020. It's already a great year. Dad likes the colors, according to the chat here we have. SPHL Rando asks what hockey is. This is baseball season. Not for long if there's any more COVID testing like this. Just saying. Yeah, baseball season's over. I saw a great meme today. Oh, yeah? And yeah. it was... Uh, it was uh, Adam Silver, and the quote was, and it's Adam Silver, the quote was, sorry about this, uh, we currently have zero cases in the bubble. And it was Gary Bettman, we currently have zero cases in the bubble. Then it was Rob Manfred, and goes, what if we killed the Marlins? <laughs> it's just like, it's a, it's a dumpster fire. See you, Jeter. Oh, my God. Well, Fort- Moving to Canada was the best thing any of these leagues have done. I, you know... I remember I went on the thing last week where I was like, why is, you know, why is baseball not allowed in Canada? Because the Jays obviously having to go play in Buffalo. And I said this, they're moving back and forth. They're moving around. Imagine being in a Miami Marlin, being in Miami and going around to all these other cities. You're literally spreading the thing. And then now having the fact of having uh, the difference is, is like if a player, like obviously they're waiting on Zidane Ochara's testing on the Boston Bruins. They're waiting. They're going to keep them off the ice for now. But here's the thing. If you... If he does have the coronavirus, you can block him off. You can zone, You can keep him in there and wait till he gets healthy. You can quarantine him. Excommunicate him from everyone else. But if he comes back healthy, perfect. You keep everyone in there. Everyone's healthy, and boom. As long as no one, you know, goes to any gentlemen's clubs or anything like that. Uh, who is that guy that did that? The, what? Uh, Lou Williams. Can that, he like? How many NBA players have been caught going to the gate to get Grubhub? Like just or Uber Eats? Just <laughs> the NBA can't figure it out because no matter where they bubble people are going to break the bubble and unless you bubble in canada where they're 
aren't as many cases or like no concentration of cases, you're just gonna like people are gonna get it. Like that's why the NHL is the only of the four major sports that's got it figured out, and it's their time to shine. I think it's the best thing. It's I mean nobody wants COVID to happen, but the best thing the NHL has done in years is this model. And I, I said it a lot. A couple, I've said it recently. I have gotten a whole new respect for Gary Bettman. And unfortunately, I mean, I'm not going. I'm not ashamed to have the angry August episode from a couple of years ago. Oh, but I've I've got a whole amount of respect for this guy. The way he's been able to handle this, and and now knock on wood, we still have hockey tomorrow. We still got to get everyone, you know, the testing before the actual season starts on Saturday. But as of right now, knock on wood, so far so good. So far, so good. And you know, I will credit this to the NBA and the NHL. I mean, we can talk. We'll talk about this um, as far as the actual. I would say, I would say arena, but the NBA—they're basically in a banquet hall kind of thing. Yeah. Where it's just there's no fans, there's no stands. It's just basically screens. They are not trying to cover up the fact that there's no fans there. As whereas, the NHL has hockey mania. Well, no, but. (laughs) MLB, at least on Fox, I don't know if it's on other channels, but they're like... Oh, the virtual fans. They're putting I, in virtual fans. They're like trying oh to God, hide the fact. Oh, God, that's terrible. That's terrible, and it's inconsistent. Right. Like, you'll see them in some spaces, and then they'll pan the camera back at the batter, and you just see all the empty seats. It's like, well, if you're going to do it, you got to do it all the time, not some of the time. Exactly. So, I mean, baseball, I don't know what you're doing. I've not known what baseball has done for years and years and years. That's why I don't follow this. I just want to go back to thrifty Thursdays here in West Michigan. That's all I want. Can we just get that? <laughs> Chris, Chris Castiani, if you don't know him, he's a Twitter personality about the Tigers. He said this in a video, baseball, their mission seems to be to make the least amount of people watch it. Like that's, <laughs> that's what it is right now. He was totally spot on. when He said that it's like, you you can't figure out the fan thing. You can't figure out the empty seats. The players don't want to play. The owners don't want to pay anybody. Like, And you get blacked out. If you have MLB TV, you can't see the games in your market. Like, They go to the most extreme lengths to make sure people can't watch the games. That's, yeah, a, that's a valid it's, point. It's unfortunately true. But talking about some of the teams that are in the MLB, we do have some teams that share those kind of spaces. The first one we'll talk about is the Arizona Coyotes, Los Yotes, and Yikes. John Chaka quitting and t- stepping down from his well, position now, as the general manager of the Arizona Coyotes. Hold on a Steve second. Sullivan named the current interim general manager. Tyler? Oh, actually, well, hold on. I think we do, for those that don't have Twitter, those, Alex, the, those that don't have Facebook or Instagram, I don't think people have some have seen the quote. We'll skip the Cheka quote because it's very, you know, he's very, you know, he's, I think Cheka took it a lot better. You know, good luck to the team. You know, it's not going to work out with ownership. We'll get to more why in a second. Alex, give the quote from the public relations, quote unquote, of the Arizona Coyotes. At least an excerpt from it, if you could please. Sure. This is directly from the Coyotes. The club is disappointed in his actions and his timing as the Coyotes prepare to enter the NHL's hub city of Edmonton, where the team will begin postseason play for the first time since 2012. Cheka has chosen to quit on a strong and competitive team, a dedicated staff, and the Arizona Coyotes fans, the greatest fans in the NHL. Frickin' bars. Spitting them. It's fire. It's gangster. You hit him with it, and he's gone. Harrison? 
Your take, please. Okay. Uh, the, whoever wrote that statement did not graduate wherever they graduated from with a degree in PR. And if they did, that degree should probably be revoked. That, was, that came right out of the owner's mouth or into his typewriter. Owners, new owners do this. Like they antagonize or not maybe not antagonize, but they come in, they, they want to put their six on things. I think the Coyotes had an okay thing going there for a little bit. And then you get the new owner in here and you scared off John Chaco. I don't know. I, my thought would be he wanted to leave because when new ownership came in, he felt like he didn't mesh with them. Now, if, if you're a GM and you're established and you have the swagger, you're Steve Eiserman and a new owner comes in, the new owner's not going to fire Steve Eiserman because he's Steve Eiserman. But the new owner comes in and sees John Chaco and is like, I don't maybe don't like the way you're doing everything. It's not like this guy's got the most pull in the world. I mean, what analytics tell a GM to draft Barrett Hayton over Quinn Hughes and Philip Zadina? Like, it's a valid yeah. point. Yeah, it's he I, doesn't have the sway, so the owner probably feels like he can come in and push him around. And I'm sure John Shaker didn't like that one bit. So uh, I think this is an ownership problem. It, it came across very petty on their part. Maybe he did want to leave, but you know, sometimes you you get end up in a situation where you realize. I'm not going to be able to live out the life of this deal, and I don't want to get fired here. I'd rather just leave. Well, it but, says but that you... Alex Murillo, the owner of the Coyotes, received a Bachelor of Sciences from Cal State University. doesn't say in what, though. It looks like in real estate, because that's at least what he was into. I'm reading his uh, biography. Well, right yeah, now. he doesn't have to be a genius in hockey to own a team. He just has to have money, Tyler. Well, if you can somehow get rid of a general manager just by being yourself, I don't know. Okay, but what's his name owns the da- the Dallas Mavericks? Mark Cuban. Yeah. Does he go. know anything about basketball other than probably how to shoot one? Kind of. No. I don't know. I mean, it's, and I'm, he seems to be a pretty good owner. You don't have to know the sport to own a team. Well, there were. Ru- it's, but, I don't think it's so much about knowing the sport. I think it's about the way you intend to run your organization, like. Maybe the owner comes in and sees Taylor Hall and thinks, for example, this is just an example, sees Taylor Hall and thinks, this guy needs to stay here for 10 years. John Shaker looks at it and says, well, if we sign him, we're going to have to pay him, and then we might be up against the cap. And I don't know that he's so good that we want to be up against the cap out of one guy. Is this the guy that's going to get us over the edge? Maybe. But if I could fit two or three more decent players in under that, uh, maybe Chaka's philosophy just changed with them. I would imagine that that might have been a point of contention because I think smart GMs don't want to overpay people when they think that they're getting close to being competitive. Uh, now, but, but here's my question, though, and I've, a lot of people that have been, you know, talking about this, they've say, they're basically saying that as far as operations go, people that are in there right now that they're working for the team, they're going to be working through into next season so you know people there's not going to be really a time to stop in between the end of this playoffs and the beginning of next season so do you think that john chaka should have waited until the conclusion of whether it be the stanley cup playoffs or until the coyotes were no longer in the postseason or do you think that this was you know a better time where at this point the team's gone off to the hub city. There's no more. There's nothing more that I can really do and get out when you can. Do you think he should have done it now 
like he did, or do you think he should have just waited a little bit longer? Part of me wonders if he even quit. Like, part of me wonders if it was more of a you're fired, no, I quit situation. Just because that's sometimes that happens with strong willed GMs and owners going head to head. And this is, it seems like the owner's pretty strong willed based yeah. on that statement. Um, it, no, there's no good time to do it. I, I think maybe now would be better because now you can look into figuring out your GM situation before the draft. Um, or maybe you feel comfortable now with Steve Sullivan and you just know. As opposed to, you know, let's say the Coyotes, God forbid, win the Stanley Cup. I mean, well, that's I'm, months I'm, of t- I get it. Yeah, but I, that's I, months of right. That's months of time that you lose where you could be figuring out your general manager situation going into the draft in the short offseason and eventually starting to plan for that expansion draft. True. I mean, this there was some writing on the wall in this because I remember I was listening to 31 Thoughts and how there was a meeting between Alex Murillo and Xavier Gutierrez, the new CEO of the Coyotes. They had a meeting with Taylor Hall. A court, now, I've heard, for some reason, in the last 36 hours, or last 24 hours, I've heard every story there is. I've heard John Chaka was not aware of the meeting. I heard John Chaka turned down the meeting. And I heard that there was a meeting... But I guess, like, for some reason, it was, like, impromptu. I don't know. I've heard just about every story there is. No matter what, Chaka was not in the room with the prospect of signing Taylor Hall with ownership at the same table with him and even the owner's son. Now, I don't know what the owner's son is. I don't know what his duties are with the team. If he's just kind of just watching, you know, work, going to work with Dad, I don't know. But I, I think at this point, there's one person that needs to answer questions. Wayne Gretzky. That's Wait, John no. Chaka. Oh, John Chaka. Yeah, that guy, too. He is the, at this point... Everything's up for speculation. It's all rumors and rumors and everything. I want to know what actually happened. You're right. John Chaka is going to be on the show next week, Monday night at 6 p.m. here on 12 on Sports. If he gets he on did, here, I got a lot to ask him. He did say at the end of his statement, his short statement, that um, he would speak soon. I just imagine he's got to get his lawyers to get make sure that the contract language is okay so he can do it, even uh, though he's quit. Alex, oh, absolutely. Find his lawyers. I'm not going to find his lawyers. Come on. You're, you're the he, marketing if he, guy if here. If he's not going to talk to Sportsnet or any of the American people, you know, if he doesn't talk to Elliot Friedman, is he going to talk to me and you? I don't think so. No, Friedman told me. He said, hey, you oh, want to talk to me? He just texted me. It's like, here, you talk to him. Because apparently I can ask. Apparently I ask the good questions here. Uh, apparently. <laughs> Moving forward, though, obviously without John Chaka, though, the Coyotes are be- going to be going up against the Nashville Predators in the play-in round. Qualifying series. With no. Coyotes being, what, seeded 11th, Predators are 6th. Um, going into the playoffs, Coyotes are 33-29-8, and eight, finished 5th in the Pacific, and Nashville ended up the season with 35-26-8, 4th in the Central. Tyler, you first. What are your initial thoughts when you see this matchup? Well, we talked to Louis. I talked to Louis Pinone a couple months ago. Louis Pinone of the Hockey Writers, one of the Arizona Coyotes beat writers for them, Arizona State grad, by the way. He, we talked about how that this is not going to be it by the by the seating. It's a lot closer. If you look at the scene, it's not a six versus eleven matchup. The Coyotes finished eleventh just because they really tailed off. Darcy Kemper got hurt. 
He wasn't able to rebound. And at this point in the season, you don't. And that, I think with all of the series we're going to preview today, folks, we should take into consideration that, yes, no one's played in almost four in over four months. So we're just going to kind of go off what we see from this from the season and say, here's what may happen. So take everything I say with discretion. But then again, if they don't do that on the show, Alex, I'm sorry. I don't even know what they're doing. Regardless, I like the way the Coyotes have played this year. If they can get a healthy Darcy Kemper in there, Vesna caliber Darcy Kemper, who is fourth in goals against the average with a 2.22, 9.23 save percentage, which is third, 16-11-2 record. Okay, that's whatever. But one of the best goaltenders in the game, if he can come back and they can play like they were back in December into this series, Nashville's got a real hard time against them. Harrison's... Yeah, I would, yes, I was I would tend say, to agree. Um, Arizona, is, Arizona is more potent, I think, up front than... Um, excuse me, just one moment. <clears throat> Arizona, I think, is more potent up front than Nashville really is. Question lies, you know, that Nashville defense can can handle a lot of stuff. Um, I, I think the distraction of Jacob probably doesn't help. I, I think I would have picked Nashville or excuse me, Arizona outright had that not happened. Um, but I think this series probably goes five games. Um, I still want to pick Arizona for one reason and one reason only because they have the best jersey remaining in the NHL playoffs. The Kachinas. <laughs> yes. Oh man. I No, but I do, I do love uh, what they do up front. I, I really genuinely do. As long as they can get adequate goaltending, I, I think they win the series. I, I just, for some reason Nashville just seems kind of stodgy and stale to me right now. Yeah. Well, it's a valid point. I mean, as when you look at both these teams, they have, a, I would say quite a bit of firepower as far as getting puck on the net. But so, it just hasn't been consistent this year. That's the problem. Right. But you take these teams, they're spending training camp together, and that now they're having to... They're all you know, bunker they're gonna, down together, little buddies, little camp buddies. Yeah, they're going to have to quarantine for two weeks to get... Or, well, no, they're, not really. Well, I mean, they're together and they're going. It's, I mean, they're already... Court, at this point, they're already all together. They're playing tomorrow. Right, it was well. It was exhibition. The, it was it was the idea that they were they should have um, done the two weeks quarantine after the the spring or and not the spring. Break, I think since the, it's calmed down a lot more when the initial plan was announced, I think it's calmed down a lot more the coronavirus up in Canada. So that's why they're like, okay, just come on over and go out and play. Especially since they're all going to be in a hub bubble. But Harrison, I mean Nashville, like I said, it's it's been an, a weird year. They have been above 500 with John Hines taking over after Peter Laviolette was fired. And yes, Roman Yossi, Norris Trophy candidate, Norman, uh, Roman Yossi, 65 points leads the team, but there's still guys like Forsberg and Duchesne. And for some reason, it just hasn't clicked this year. But would a pause like this actually help the Predators kind of try to refocus going into this series? I would counter and say it probably helped Arizona get healthy. I mean... I think it probably helped them get healthy, and they were in a slide. Yeah, um, you got to remember before this happened, they were in a slide, so this stopped it. So now they get a chance to shut down for a little bit mentally. Forget about how the end of the season went, because you see a lot of teams they go into the playoffs in a slide, and it just you know then they're swept out in the first round. Right. I think if anybody this this favors Arizona getting healthy and getting in a better mental headspace. I would say for the aging players on Nashville, it also helps. Um, probably most helped Pecorine. I like him, who's got a lot of, a lot of mileage on him. Um, I, 
I still just feel like if Arizona is clicking when this thing starts, I don't know if Nashville can keep up because they do have their dynamic boards, but at no point this year, you're right, has it really worked consistently. So you so you're saying that Arizona's gonna pull out of this one for the playing round. Is that what you're saying, Harrison? I'm picking my desert dogs. Desert, desert dogs. dogs, Los Yotes. Tyler, he's, what's he's, what's your prediction? He Who says coming out of this. He says in five. Game one will determine so much. And I think that's gonna be the story for every single one of these series. If Nashville can kind of stun win game one. And like I said, I know they're the six seed. They're going to have the quote unquote home ice in round in game one. While it's not a home ice advantage, they still get last change. They still get to, you know, determine the face off and the, for the power plays, all that stuff. And obviously sticks down first at the draw that people think that's kind of dumb and kind of niche, but talk to any center in the NHL, any center in hockey and Harrison, I'm pretty sure you can kind of concur with this by just watching even at the NCAA level. Being able to kind of determine where you can line up on the faceoff is very important as a centerman. Yes. Yeah, I agree. So I will. Gosh, I listen. I'm Arizona. It's Arizona. I just don't know if it's me four or five. If four Arizona five. wins game one, it's four. But I think Nashville pull out game one, and I think Arizona will have to regroup. And don't forget, here's the difference between Arizona and Nashville. UC Saros has not been that good this year. So if Pecorino has a bad game, and they want and. John Hines wants to turn over to Saros. That may not be a good idea. If Kemper has a bad game, you can go with Antti Ranta, who has not been stellar, yes, but he's been able to come in and fill in when he needs to. So especially in a five-game quick series like this, having two goaltenders, that could be the number one guy is important. That's why I give Arizona in five. I'm with Harrison on this one. All right, both going for Arizona. I'm going to say Arizona as well just because I love Los Yotes in this. I, I love a Lotes. Elotes as well. We love some street corn. But at the yes. same time, I'm also the same person where I have a theory that Nashville should be in the East and Detroit should be in the West. Oh, good Lord. We're not going to do this. I'm just saying. No. Nashville would be far less successful in if they played in the East. I'm just saying. Oh, boy. But if Get we want to... your high horse, you Metropolitans gay. All right. Well, you want to figure out how game one works out? Game one is set for Sunday at 2 p.m. The next series, though is the Calgary Flames and the Winnipeg Jets. The Flames are coming into this series 36, 27, and 7, fourth in the Pacific during the regular season. The Jets 37, 28, and 6, fifth in the Central. Now, the Jets did win the only game that they played against each other back in October. Which was like three years ago at this point. Basically. Harrison, you look at this series and you you look at the different talent that both teams bolster, and you know you have some solid players on the for on the forehand with your offense. You have some on the backhand with your defense. What are the couple things that you would say kind of stick out to you in this series? Looking at it just straightforward. As someone who loves goalies, I hate doing this, but I think the series falls squarely on the shoulders of Connor Hellebuck. Yeah, because you expect. You know what you expect out of them. Now, it's been four months. Is it fair to expect that out of a goalie after four months off? I don't really think so because you see goals per game goes up at the beginning of seasons as goalies are starting to get acclimated. So I would think that that might be an issue at the beginning of the playoffs. And I'd feel bad for Hellebuck if he, you know, if he comes out slow. Because the guy across from him, there's no expectation on Big Save Dave or Cam Talbot. Like, there's none. And that's when those guys tend to turn it up. Like, 
and we talked about this in the golf course the other day, the expectation when the Wings brought in Curtis Joseph in 2003 was he was going to replace the best goalie in the history of hockey. He was going to replace Dominic Koskic. Don't care what you say. You don't get an opinion on this, Tyler. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, you and I I'll said, second, you, you, I'll you, second that you, opinion. You, Harrison, you there. said we got to have a show, and whenever the offseason may be, in the fall or whatever, given our schedules, we're going to have a goaltender debate, and we're going to talk about the best goaltenders and definitely kick out Martin Brodeur. I love you, Jim Jackson. I loved having you on the show. I'm sorry. Can't get over Marty Brodeur being the best goaltender. I don't think so. Statistically, yes. It's like saying how we agree. It's like saying how Wayne Gretzky is the best player of all time. Statistically, yes. Maybe that'll be part of the episode where we do the Detroit Red Wings trivia game. What? We're going to do what? Oh, yeah, that'd be kind of cool. The But moving on here, I mean, you talked about Curtis Joseph. All the pressure in that 2003 series is on him because you know the Wings aren't as fast or as talented as they once were. They're old. They're going to have to depend on a dynamic goaltender. Then the guy across from them, no one knows who Jean Sebastian Giger is yet. No one cares. There's no expectation on him. Then what do you do? You know, 945 save percentage in the playoffs. Like, this is this is what happens in the playoffs. There's expectations on one guy, and at the other end of the ice, stories get written. Right. And I think whichever guy Calgary goes with, if they play loose and free, mentally free and loose, I mean – I think that it could be a problem for the Jets because I really don't like what they do defensively. So I would think Hellebuck's going to get tested. Um, I don't know that they're as deep up front as Calgary. Uh, they've definitely got probably some higher-end firepower, but I think Calgary lines one to four up front is probably a little bit deeper in talent. Um, I think Winnipeg's got their hands full, and – if their defense doesn't figure this out, if they can't slow up Calgary, uh, who does have a decent defensive unit at times, um, I think they're I think they're in trouble. I would I want to take the Calgary Flames here, and I want to take them in four. Four. That I mean, that's a valid argument. That is I a mean, hot take. It is a hot but take. Yes, Flames. I get it. I I also. Keep in mind, two years ago, I predicted that the Flames are going to win the Stanley Cup, and it blew up in my face, but. You, um, you did say that. I I have a little faith. Yeah, there's a little faith. Well, then again, of course. Okay. So for those that haven't watched Ferris hockey this past season, they began wearing a different kind of sweater this year. I think one, they look good. One, they do look really good. But they have a very similar resemblance, Alex, to a certain NHL team. Harrison, the Calgary Flames. I, <laughs> I, I may have designed them to look like the Calgary Flames uniforms because... They are sweets, and I stand by yeah, that decision. Let me give everyone, because Harrison's told the story on the show before. Alex, I don't think you were here for this. Here's the I've story. Oh, you heard you were there for the story. So, Well, no, I wasn't there. I, I listened to it. Well, you listened to the story. Here's the cliff notes on how that proposal from Harrison Watt went to, down, went to Bob Daniels. Harrison Watt comes into the office there, Ava Glaive and Ice Arena, kicks down Bob Daniels' door, and slaps a picture of Johnny Gaudreau, who beat... Fair State in the 2012 National Championship game, looks at him and says, these are the sweaters we're going to wear next season and storm back out. Isn't that right, Harrison? That is the opposite of right, <laughs> because I would never have done that to Bob and remind him of Johnny Gaudreau. <laughs> no, I, we actually, it was um, Bauer stopped manufacturing hockey jerseys, and Bauer is our uh, supplier, so we had to switch to Under Armour, um, because Under Armour is our other supplier for athletics. And it gave us the opportunity to redo our look. And I thought it was a really good opportunity because our, 
our red uniforms had kind of gone through some mis- mishmash changes over the years. And I thought this was a good chance to get different. Uh, our women's soccer program actually wears a similar type of uniform um, with the red and the white lettering and the gold trim yep. around the lettering and numerals. Um, I just thought it was a good time to give it a try. And we got to put our logo back on the away jersey. We had had fair state on the away jerseys forever and just uh, typed out. And I, I don't know. I, the guys loved them. I brag about them all the time. It's my favorite thing that I've done at Ferris actually. They were there at the GLI, which I, which it was pretty cool for me to see as well. Cause I was one of the, one of the, the, the media members up there. I got oh, to watch yeah, it. Yeah. It was kind of like a fun little moment for it. Even though I was cold and freezing in little Caesars arena. It's yeah, that's fine. It's a painful rink to be in. I mean, but, Oh, back to the playoffs. Kind of back to the playoffs <laughs> here. Back to now Johnny Gaudreau compared to then beating uh, Ferris Johnny Gaudreau. Well, there was more than one player on that Boston College well, team. Well, we but, understand that. But, but this is the one that relates to the situation. Oh. Harrison's got the Flames. I would say the Flames as well, purely on the fact that I think that Calgary's just going to beat up Winnipeg. I think they've got... Physic- physically, yes. It's going to be a matter of... They're going to get in the head. They're going to get through the body. Because let's be honest, even though I hate it, if you have a tougher team in the playoffs, you're probably going to be more successful. That's just how it works. The NHL does not call the game by the rules in the playoffs. Tyler, we just talked about this before the show. So in this situation, the Flames have the upper hand. Tyler, what's your opinion and what's your prediction? Well, here's the thing. I made the comparison last week from Johnny Gaudreau to Kent Nielsen. And any Flames fan that knows who I'm talking about, Kent Nielsen, fantastic player, skilled with the puck, was a wizard. However, come springtime and summer, Alex, in May, he just wasn't there. He was non-factor for the Flames. Was not a big playoff performer. Johnny Gaudreau, I get it, limited sample size, has only been in, I think the team has really only been a contender the last few years, has been Almost invisible, if you ask me, when it comes to the playoffs. He just hasn't been able to step up when, when push comes to shove. And I'm not saying it's a size thing, but he's not been able to step up physically, not been able to react well and come back and be able to fight through it. Now, granted, yes, you have guys like Kachuk. You have guys up front that can play a little bit tougher, a little bit more on edge, which will be big. Sean Monahan's a big boy. Sam Bennett, I know he's not been as productive as compared to years past, but he's a bigger guy. You have Luke Cheech down there in the corner. So they can protect Johnny Gaudreau. But, and I will, I think, you know what, as much as I love Connor Hellebuck, I, for some reason, just think if, I, I think they're going to go with Cam Talbot, the Flames will, because he's been a lot better in camp, and I think that's going to be really important right now for the Flames to make the right decision in gold. But like I said, similar to Arizona, Talbot has a bad game. You throw big Dave, big save Dave in there. If Hellebuck can steal a series, absolutely. Jets will win. But if the offense of the Flames can get through a very inexperienced Jets defense, this series may be done in you know three or four. I think it'll go five because I think Hellebuck will just steal a game here and there. It'll be tough for the Flames to be consistent on offense just because of Connor Hellebuck. But... In the long run in this playoffs, whoever Calgary will have to play in the second round, one of the top four teams in the round robin, I just, I don't, I don't think it's just going to be too tough for him. And I think that's what's going to wither down. Last year, they ran to a really good Colorado team. I think they'll win the series this year, get into the first round of the playoffs, the Flames will. However, for a deep playoff run, I, I don't, I don't feel so confident in Calgary there. No, you're right. But you said it right there. 
Winnipeg's a higher seed, right? Do I have that right in my head? Uh, flames right. are eight. Flames are eight. Flames are eight, yep. and Winnipeg is sorry. nine. Yeah, so it's eight and nine. Oh, okay, so I got it backwards. But I mean, you just said it right there. Hellebuck could steal a series. That means you don't have confidence in Winnipeg to win the series. You have confidence in Connor Hellebuck. And if it's dependent on one guy, Vegas betting odds would probably say you should bet on the other guy. So, so Tyler, I need a definite answer. Flames or Jets? <sighs> See, can I watch the exhibition games tomorrow? Absolutely. <laughs> can we do a no. Thursday show? Then? Absolutely not. Right here and now. You um, have to make your pick, and you have to stick to it. Oh, my gosh. Who am I? Uh, oh, gosh. Who is the... Saturday Night Live weekend. Uh, Norm McDonald. Not no after Norm McDonald. Uh, the that's my story. I'm sticking to it, guy. Um, Colin. It wasn't Colin. Uh, anyways, you got it. You're asking me to be that guy, the one host between Tina Fey and and uh, the, pff, Norm McDonald. You're asking that, me to be that guy. That uh, Colin something or other. I don't remember. It was the one that The Rock hosted. Anyways, I'm gonna go with Calgary. Five games, just because it's gonna be physical. I think you know if. If listen, if Shifley and Wheeler can step up, just watch out. I think they can get going, but it's it's tough to rely on a goaltender for in a series where your offense has been inconsistent at times in Winnipeg and their defense is very young, has been skilled. Neil Pionk's really come on this year, but playoff experience, that'll be tough against the Jets, and that's why the Flames will win in five. Well that's why you don't over that's why you don't overpay for goaltending. There Never will pay for goaltending. Well, good thing you're not about to hear my predictions for the Montreal Pittsburgh series. Hey, oh boy, <laughs> Carey Price for Premier. He can he can run for Premier in, in BC, British Columbia. He could do that. Sure. Hey, man, be the only Premier no. goaltender, Premier goaltender in the NHL. Get it, Premier? That's hey, man. That's hey, man. No, don't don't start doing those jokes. Well, I mean, there's no controversy here, though. All three of us went for the Coyotes. All three of us went for the Flames. I think it's, we talked about baseball, high heat, flames, a desert team, it works out. Wow. Says the sunburnt boy over here. If you See, that's why I'm sad that the video can't be super quality. Look at this side of his face. It's just like, just peeling off. It can just rip it's, the skin it's off. It's not peeling. You're being ridiculous. That's got, buddy, that is peeling skin. I got burnt two weeks ago. It's the same thing. But Harrison, before we let you go here, because we only have a Harrison for these first two series, the round robin. Do you have a prediction on who comes out on top? There's a lot of good talent there. There is St. Louis, the defending cup champs. You got Dallas, you got Colorado, and I'm forgetting the third. Colorado, Dallas, Colorado, St. Louis. Yeah, I got all four. Listen, this is tough. Colorado, St. Louis, Dallas, Dallas, and I. I don't. I guess I don't really get the round robin. I get that you want you want to play and be prepared to play, but like. I don't know. You, you fought for your positioning. I think you should get to keep your positioning, um, I especially agree. for St. Louis. I Maybe give them some exhibition games. I don't know. I, I wasn't a really big fan of it. I guess in the West, you get Dallas, Colorado, St. Louis, and um, who am I missing? Colorado, Dallas, St. Louis. You're missing one. Vegas. Oh, my gosh. I forgot about Vegas. There you go. I was, oh I was waiting. We're just like – you got to go with the hot. I don't really, to be yeah. frank with you, I don't really like any of them. I, I don't really like any of those goaltending situations. I never like to pick the team that just won the cup because that hangover can last. It can sneak up on you in the playoffs. You're not a big fan of Jordan Winnington? Jordan, who no. has not been doing a lot of Winnington this year. He's, his numbers no. were down. Exactly. Exactly. Um, God, I don't even know who the best goal uh, Usually what I go with. 
I oh man, I listen. Mark Andre Fleury's been inconsistent. Bennington hasn't been the same. I mean, who is going to be in goal for Colorado? <laughs> is it Franzuz or is it Grubauer? I think they're well, going to start with Grubauer. I will say this. Give Fran- me, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Eric. Give me, give me Dallas. Give me Dallas because it's the only goalie. I, the only goalie I'm not thinking of that is better. Than, I don't know. I just don't like any of those situations in goal. Well, in, a, in a short, in a short situation, I mean, they're only playing three games. You're going to need whichever goalie is the hottest, and I, I would think in just three games in Dallas, I guess Dallas to, to win the round robin. Yeah, I mean they have. Well, I think they're going to use both their goaltenders, both Hudobin, who by the way has the best save percentage in the league, and Ben Bishop, who still I believe I still think he's made a glass and he's been able to have no rocks thrown at him so far in the last couple seasons. Still best goal horn in the league too. That is the best. Well, yes, because we're partial. Yes, be- not no question. Be- we're partial, Alex, because we're from Grand Rapids. It's the same goal horn. Now, yes, it is. I will say this: probably the best goal song. Why? Because uh, it's a custom one by Pantera. Yes, because it's Pantera. It reminds me of the good old days, Alex. Okay, when I was young and Aunt Leanne would just blast Pantera in the house, and I was happy. Back Nashville has Nashville has the best goal song. I have to say that. Are you a Tim McGraw it, fan? It, it, <laughs> or no, it just it fits them though. It's so perfect. He it does just, have a it point. Fits in, it fits in Nashville. The song isn't overly cheesy. It's not like it doesn't shout Dallas. Stars. Like, I could start does, singing it. Does, it does say natural predators, but like it's mixed into the song. It, the song works. True. Definitely true. It's it's almost like me trying to think of the different goal songs that the goat could go with with uh, Seattle. Because I mean, you got it's you grunge, gotta be. You've look, got grunge music. You've got Pirates grunge music. Pirates of the Caribbean. No, the Kraken is from. Uh, was it Clash of the Titans? Is that the, is that that movie that was? Or that's it, well, in the, both. It's in both. Well, the the Kraken is not is just exclusive to Greek mythology. Type. I I said it. If Liam Neeson does not show up on the ice opening night, I swear to goodness, I will not watch the Kraken at all next season. Well, I don't that's care. Fine, because then it'll or be ne- my, not next season. I'll the season watch them for you. Because I'm. It's just they. It's got to happen. <laughs> but. Harrison, we will let you get back to the rest of your evening. Make sure to give him a follow at Watt Harrison. That's W-A-T-T because all the power that he's got behind that beautiful brain of his. Watt Harrison, thank you again. Sixth time on the show. Thank you for being on the show, Harrison. It's good to have you. Bye, Harrison. Shoots and scores. Good joke. Shoots and scores. Oh, man. just I thought it was valid. It was good. Uh, Harrison, we'll talk to you later. All right. See you. And that was Harrison Watt with the absolutely beautiful. I still love the fact that we still have the the lovely and awesome dino sweater down here. I, I mean, well, down here. I have to show it on the screen down there. That that's was not a sweater or a suit. Whatever. That's a suit jacket. Oh, just calm yourself. Whatever it is. And it's, you and you go after me for my terrible grammar or misusing of things. You say the word fine way too many times. Because everything's fine. It's good. We're chill. Every, everything's not fine, Alex. Yes. Okay. Do I have to go into the whole... No, I can't do the George Carlin bit because, well, there's a lot of... Uh, Why? Because the four letter that starts with F? No, because the, the one from Carlin at Carnegie, the first one that was on... Well, one of the first things we ever watched on Netflix. Fine. <laughs> I can't don't no, say I don't, it. I don't have a beat button here, Alex. I haven't figured that out yet. But... So thank you very much once again for Harrison Watt coming on six-time guest. We have another six-time guest coming on later today, Thomas Biano. Oh, currently he's a five-time guest. He hasn't been on yet. Oh, crap, man. Jinxed it. Knocking on the wood. This is me knocking. Can you see it? I'm knocking on wood. Can you knock on wood too much times? 
Uh, probably. I don't know. Oh gosh. Now you're now I'm really I mean, bad. I'm not superstitious. I'm just I a am. little stitious. See, here's I yeah, I know. That you was know. good. Come on. I See, that's why I'm worried about beliefs. I'm just like, do I do I go cuz it's weird. Who cares? Dude, I, I listen. I want them it's to. It's gonna be fine. Stop saying the word. Because fine. you know, you know what the best part is about. What's hockey the best part and about watching sports? The fact that it's on. We have no, we have no impact on the game, and literally, there is no impact on the game right now, other than the players on the ice and the people that are on the bench. I want the Leafs. That's it. I want the there's Leafs to no have crowd, fans. There's no crowd interaction. Have fans on the big board there, like a Zoom meeting, and I'm going to be on there screaming at the top of my lungs, but it'll be quiet, of course, because the last thing you want is me screaming, "Move it!" Because that's all I'm going to pretty much yell at people. See, that's why I'm not going to watch the games with you. I'm just going to stay at my my house and I'm just going to chill there. Uh, you know what? I'm sorry, Alex. I'm sorry you don't want to have fun. We should get to the other two series because they're talking are about fun. Let's talk about the thing that's going to be fun to not hear when they play the national anthem. Clapping. That's right, Chicago. I'm talking to you. Hey, I'm just saying. I'm just saying, Alex. Don't count it out. You want to know why? They're piping in the crowd noise, Alex. Well, they're going to pipe in the crowd noise, and for home games, they're going to be doing things that are special and specific to that So team. they yes. will be doing the piped-in cheering for the anthem when Chicago's got their one home game. Well, I don't yes, know. Yes, they will Actually, be doing I don't, that. I don't because know if they'll be they're one bringing in the cannon from Columbus. No. Yes, they're bringing the cannon. No. That, I want, pull it up. I want to see it. I want to see it in my own eyes. Actually, I don't want to see it, but because you'll hear it. Sure. But no. I'm I'm not kidding that when the NHL means that they're gonna try they're trying to make the home ice advantage thing completely gone for the hub city teams, so like Toronto and Edmonton, they're trying to bring in different aspects from every team. So that means they're going to try to I don't know if they're gonna pipe it in, but they're gonna try to pipe in the goal horns for each team, have their goal songs and everything else, and try to make it their home game as much as possible. Well, I will say this. It's not like it's not like the NBA where basically it's just you're playing on this one court and whoever's the home team, they just Tyler, have, shut up. They just tie Sorry, Tyler Burke said everything will be fine. It'll be fine. No. It'll be fine. Tyler's wrong. Tyler's wrong about deep dish pizza. He's wrong about everything being fine. What's wrong Every- with deep dish pizza? He was on the Lumonati's train. Lumonati's? Oh, you weren't here last week. Yes, we had a big old fight about Lumonati's and Gino's East last week. Well, he's got a valid point. Lumonati's All right, best. Patrick Kane, I have a question for you. I know he's watching. He's definitely watching right now oh, in his hotel room in, in Edmonton. Patty, Gino's East or Lumonati's? Throw it in the comments. Thank you very much. Lumonati's. Actually, no, scratch that. Neither. You want to know why? Oh, you're going to go on the Giordano's train. Giordano's. I'm going to go with C, which is wrong here, Alex. Giordano's. What is the wrong because pizza Because the Giordano's. sauce is the best. They have a better crust, even though all three of them are really a casserole. Let me take you to a text Third conversation. All, Let me take you to a text conversation Alex and I had earlier guess, today. Guess what, guess what thing is not in Holland? Giordano's. Giordano's G- is in Holland. No, it's closed. <laughs> It's in Gino's East would have lasted in Holland, Michigan. Giordano's did not. It was what, they like close closed. Yeah, they're closed for like, for like months, like before COVID. Ah, well, you know what? They gave it a shot. <laughs> Alex is like, oh, the greatest thing. You know what they're in Holland? What's in Holland? None of it. Yeah, well, Alex. Well, actually, so no, Alex, that's, that's northern. I can't. Alex texts. Alex texts me here. Alex texts me today. He says, "Hey, I'm gonna bring over a frozen pizza tonight." I'm like, dude, I got plenty of frozen pizzas in my freezer. What the heck? No, man, I'm bringing over a deep dish pizza. And I'm like, okay, yeah, go ahead, throw it in the oven, whatever. 
Folks, here's the deep dish pizza that Alex brought over. The crust was this thick. And a little bit of sauce on top. It was an anti-deep dish pizza. It was a it thick was more, bread with cheese and sauce. It was more like a Detroit-style pizza, I will admit. However... That would have been... Uh, well, they yeah. also... they also It might have been just... It was a hybrid, because you know what? It had the style on top as a Chicago style, but they had the crust of a Detroit style. That which, does... No. That, but here's the thing. Detroit-style pizza is considered deep dish because it's cooked in a... <gasps> wait for it. A deep dish. It's not. It's not cooked on in a charcoal. Alex, uh, we're gonna do a cool oven. You know what I'm gonna do, Alex? I'm gonna bring you over to Buddy's over in Detroit. The authentic, the real, the first ever Buddy's. I'm gonna have you walk into the kitchen and say, "Hey, what if you guys did a hybrid pizza with Chicago deep dish? You would be thrown out escortedly, probably onto Grand River Avenue. Now if or, you went down to Chicago, or go to Giordano's. Go to your Giordano's in Chicago, Alex. Authentic Giordano's, the first one ever, not the one we went to, the first one ever. And go in there and say, "Hey, what if you guys combine it with Detroit?" You'd be thrown into the lake. Or what I could do is if we go to Detroit, I could actually get one of the only good things that have came out of Detroit as far as food goes, and that's a Coney dog. See, I, I'm not, I don't know if it's because I'm, I'm more of a hamburger to hot dog guy. I, not a, I like, I like uh, Coney's. No, no, no. It's not, it's not hamburger to hot dog thing. No, no. It's Coney dog versus American chili dog. See, I, I like Coney, Coney dogs, dog. but I just I don't Jones for them. I'll say this. I jones over... Now, breakfast food's different. I will have mouth-watering... Pro, I will have my mouth water thinking about Waffle House compared to Leo's Coney Island. Waffle House? Waffle House, man. Nah. As, Rando, help me out here. If Rando's still watching. Rando, help me out here in the chats. Give me some IHOP. I'd rather have IHOP We should Waffle probably House. get to the rest of the series because we're probably not going to... Ah, uh, yes. To- Back to the fans that aren't going to be there cheering on the team. I'm talking to you, Chicago. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Here. We have half an hour before we gotta get Thomas on the show. <laughs> I've got time. We're gonna skip the I've news. I've got time. We'll put the news and notes into time. the we've actual got, playoffs. We've got talk. two series, a commercial break, then we're gonna talk about. Uh, no, okay. we're just okay. I guess we're just we gonna have to talk about. Well, we got it. I, I've we're got just gonna time. jam it all time. together. It's gonna be a massive sandwich like pastrami with. Are we always Swiss or pepper jack? Uh, neither. What, what? What would you put on pastrami? Mozzarella. Oh, mozzarella. No, provolone. None. A pastrami sandwich? You can put a little cheese. It doesn't cheese. need cheese. It doesn't need, but what would you put? Okay, fine. What do you Kyle, put on pastrami? you're asking me. You're asking me oh, what yeah, kind la- of cheese. Oh, yeah. Lactose intolerant Alex over here. Fine. Pastrami sandwich with provolone. And oh, you know what? Maybe we'll throw a Swiss underneath, too. Got to have a little bit of extra cheese on toasted rye bread. Slap it on there. Thousand Island dressing. Throw that in there, too. Because why not? Oh, no. I'm thinking of Reuben's now. Reuben, corned beef, sauerkraut, cheese, what? You can have bacon, a pastrami Zingerman's. What? You can have a pastrami Reuben. But I want... Thing. I'm so glad that when we go get our dog, we have to go buy Ann Arbor so I can go to Zingerman's again. It's going to be great. What? Why don't you just drive there? Well, I mean, we have to go by there to get the dog, and so we may as well be going to Zingerman's for lunch. Well, I'm just saying, you've had this entire time... How old are you? Like 25? You're about quarter of a century? I had... You've Zing- had well, a car I, for I, how I, long? Thank you to the Zingerman's Reuben tour, I was able to get Zingerman's. Exactly. So but I gotta have a different about? kind of Reuben. I don't know. I like Reuben. Get, get a pastrami Reuben, then. Pastrami Reuben, old-style <sighs> pickle, chips. Ooh. Huh. I'm getting hungry now. Talking about hungry. You know who's hungry? The Oilers to win a series. They want it. And they're going to possibly get it. Oilers are ranked fifth right now. That's their fifth seed. They Blackhawks are 12th seed. Oilers going to the series. 
37, 25, and 9, second in the Pacific. Pretty darn good, if you ask me. Pretty good. And then you have the Chicago hockey team, a.k.a. the Hawks. Uh, We're not getting into that, Alex. 32, 30, and 8, seventh in the Central. I'm saying it's coming, so I'm just getting it right now. I... No, I'm not gonna. We're not gonna have the conversation. We're no, not getting into this. That'll be for a later date. Now that it's just us two, our wits. No, it's not. Oh god. And a big bag of knuckles in and front of the net. A big bag of knuckles in front of the net, and we got Dinky Doo. We do have Dinky Doo. You may not have. But we don't I have Mike Myers, but we have Dinky Doo. Nobody's got Mike Myers. Ty. If I had Mike, dude, if I could get Mike Myers on the show, you know how happy I'd be. That'd be awesome to have Michael Myers on the show, or Mike Myers, excuse me, because he's he's a Toronto fan. He's just a hockey fan. Just because he did the Love Guru does not mean he does not like the Leafs. Because that movie was... I mean, it's kind of why they're in there, isn't it? Yeah, he didn't think that went all the way through, did he? Who cares? He made a movie. It made some money. It made... Well, they lost money. because, Anyways, Oilers and Hawks. Listen. Did you go through the Hawks? Yes, you did. Everyone... Did I, the Hawks? No. Did I just do the Don Trey clap? I just did the... All right. So, all right. The Hawks... They're counted out. The series is over. May as well just ask the Hawks to just leave Edmonton and go back home. Just because, yeah, now, by the way, Corey Crawford, who's back on the ice this past weekend, did admit that he had COVID-19. Now, here's the problem with that, because Robin Leonard was traded by the Chicago Blackhawks to Vegas, and Leonard had, Alex, if you haven't looked at the statistics online on NHL.com, his numbers were a lot better. And... That's why I think the reason why the Hawks have such a problem is because don't, we don't know what Crawford's health is. That said, Edmonton has been able over the past 20 years, Alex, to do some really, really dumb stuff come the springtime. Now, yes, they had a good run there with Tommy Salo. And yes, in 06, they made it all the way to the finals before Dwayne Rolson got ran over thanks to Steve Steos. Was it Steos or Smith? Anyways, regardless, gets hurt. Series was over before it even started, even though they made it to seven. Yet they've been finding ways to just mess it up, and I don't. I don't think they'll do it this time. Not this time. Against the Blackhawks, they do have the advantage. And remember, we had Jack Michaels on the first live show here of TKS. He mentioned how deep the Oilers were compared to the Hawks, which he's right. Yes, the Hawks have Patty Kane playing at an MVP level. Jonathan Taves being the you know captain, serious, all that great stuff. And you have a guy like Dominic Kubalik, who is who is a Calder Trophy candidate. Kubalik. Kubelik. Dominic Kubelik. Kubelik? Kubelik. Yeah. 30 goals, 16 assists, 46 points, leading all rookies in goals this season. And you also have guys like Debrinkat. And yes, the defense is old. And yes, Seabrook did not travel with the team. But I don't think the Hawks are just going to just get walked all over. They wouldn't even show up to Edmonton if that were the case. They're going to give it some effort. I think they'll get a game, Alex. I think they will. But You think so? Edmonton will win. Hey, Alex, this may be a four-game series, and it may be close. If Corey Crawford can put a couple games together, 100%, this series could be a little bit different. That said, I don't know what his health is like. As a goaltender, especially coming back from an illness, especially an illness like COVID-19, whether it's asymptomatic or not, it takes an effect on the body, and especially as the last line of defense, kind of important. So if Crawford can't be 100%, the Oilers' offense, which has MVP, listen, Leon Dreisaitl MVP. I'm saying it right now, Alex. I don't care. But MVP of the entire playoff. Well, I don't know about the consmite, but I'll say this. Ted Lindsay award winner of this year, for sure. Leon Dreisaitl. I don't know how you can you pick have to remember different. that Ted Lindsay is by the players. Correct. Which is why Leon Dreisaitl should probably get it. 
Dry Saddle, Hart Trophy Canada. Knox going to get it? He was not. I don't think he was. not He wasn't. He. It was. Oh, that's right. I, they, I, just, they, I did the show. Already, they already. I did the show the, last week. It was Panarin, Mc, Panarin, McKinnon, and Drysaddle. I think Drysaddle is going to get it then. But I will say this: Connor McDavid's mad. If I'm Connor McDavid and I'm the superstar, I'd be mad too if Leon Drysaddle is getting all these individual accolades. Leon Connor McDavid may not just turn it on for this series. He may just kind of ease back into it. But boy. He is going to be a threat come the next round. That first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs, the official round, he is going to go in there, and whoever they play, who cares, he's going to be ready to go. Why you give me that look? Are you dumb? Do you think Connor McDavid is really upset that Dreisaitl's going to get a personal award? Now, or possibly a personal award? And here's the thing, no. Alex. You say this? No, hold on, hold no, on. no. Hold Here, on. No, you had your little. I have a great. Com- nope, no, I have a comparison. My I have time a- to talk. No, nope. it's my time. No, my show. No, hold on. Let me get my. Let me get my comparison. Well, here, Alex. no, you talk for like thirty oh, minutes. Give me a second. Hold oh, on a second, there, bud. Holy cow, that was no. weird. Don't do that to your headset. Connor <laughs> McDavid. Connor McDavid is Newmarket, not, Ontario. He is not arguably. He is the best hockey player in the world. Skilled. He is the best hockey player in the world. Every sport is on the basis of skill. You want to say that he is the best skilled player? Then he is the best player. Connor McDavid has won how many awards? He's won a couple. A couple? Yeah, a couple. okay. I would say that if he... Art Ross, MVP. If he switched to defense for one season, he'd get all the defensive awards. Ah. If he played goalie for a season... He'd get I'm, lit up. Yeah, no, I'm, no, no, I'm, no, ju- no, I'm just no, saying that he's just he's you're, really you're doing good. the hyperbole thing. I appreciate I'm exaggerating. The he's just very, very good. Alex, there's that ex- being there's exaggerating, said, there is a bunch of just random oxygen and helium, and then there's you. I'm just way up. I'm, you're off the screen, Alex. Look how far you are. I'll put it this way: Connor McDavid is so darn good that if he makes it past two rounds, he wins Conn Smythe. Period. He would be a player. You to have to make not- it to the finals to get a consmite, Alex. It's never happened no. and never will happen that a player. It can. It can. It won't. It's just because 2020 is a weird year. Now, Connor McDavid is that good. Now, so you're you're gonna now before no, you no, no, really hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Your whole point right. is that Connor McDavid would be upset that Leon Drysidle would get or is possibly going to get this personal achievement award. I think that's personal the achievement award. Fine. I think that's a little crock because here's the thing. A crock. At the at the end of the day, Connor McDavid is ecstatic that he is not the only guy at the show. He ain't the only cowboy at the rodeo down. No, that's Calgary. That's Stampede. It's still Alberta, is it not? They still got cattle everywhere. Here's the comparison I was going to make before you interrupted me. Dad will probably get this one as well. How good Stevie Eisman was in his first few seasons. Hold on here. Hold on a second. Let me finish. Continue. All right. I'll see. What Stevie Eisman getting all. He was. He was I'm the Detroit hot. Red Wings. Maybe we are talking about the Flames. I'm getting hot. The best player on the team didn't win any Hart trophies because don't forget he played in the '80s when it was Lemieux and Gretzky. He wasn't winning anything. However, early '90s, this Russian guy comes along, Sergei Fedorov. Fedorov, yes, I'm making a joke because when he first came in the league, they didn't know how to pronounce it. Okay. NHL Hall of Famer, Sergey Fedorov. Yes. Should have his number retired. 
Sergey Fedorov. I think there's a lot of people that are still salty. I would end there, Alex. I don't think that'll. I, I'm just saying. Anyways, not my pick, not my farm. Regardless, Fedorov became the superstar. Stevie Eisman's numbers took a drop. So maybe Alex, maybe you are right. Maybe you are right. Eiserman was definitely happy that he didn't have to be the guy in Detroit. He could put it off to a guy like Fedorov, the Russian five. He didn't have to be the big-time scorer. That said, McDavid's an all-world player. At no point in Stevie Eiserman's career was he the greatest player on the ice. He was the one of the hardest working and the best leaders in the game, no question, but he was never the best player on the ice. Best player in the league, excuse me. Like I said, he played in a very unfortunate time where it went from Gretzky to Lemieux to Crosby. No in-between was Steve Eisman the greatest player. He was always an all-star, always a player that was going to be a shoe-in Hall of Famer, but he was looked beneath compared to the rest. Now, before you say anything, Alex, yes, you're right. Steve Eisman did win the 98 Consmite Trophy. Yes, he did. Because I looked at So I looked over, I'm like, what's your point? I don't know, Alex. Oilers in four. That's my point. That's my point. Steve Eiserman, if we're gonna if we're gonna compare the two, the two captains, if you will. El Capitan or no Le Capitan. Oh, are we doing English or Spanish? French. Which one are we doing? English. The captains. Well, it's the captain and Connor McDavid. Well, that being said. He doesn't sign autographs as the captain anymore. Dad made that perfectly clear. Actually, Aunt Pat made it perfectly clear. Well, because he should change it to the boss. Yeah, uh, I don't think he's got that big of a head, Alex. I don't know. Anyways. He doesn't. He's, re- he's a really nice guy. Anywho. Good guy. Both numerous times playing for the All-Star team. Numerous times. Eiserman, if you're looking at him, Conn Smythe Trophy. He won the Selkie Trophy. Won the Stanley Cup a number of times in a number of ways. As an executive and as a player. 2008, count it. Yes, he was on the staff. Yes, Alex. Bill Masterton Memorial Trophy, Lester Patrick Trophy. Let, no, and, no, Lester Patrick? Yeah, 2006. Oh, okay. I was about to say, like, I mean, you mean Lester B. Pearson, you mean? that would that Because that used to be what the Ted Lindsay Award was. I'll put it this way. Pretty good. He wasn't overlooked at all, <sighs> even in his later years. You know what I mean? I'm saying that he took a back seat to a guy like Sergei Fedorov. To guys that because so you're saying because he was exciting, he was fast, he was hot. We're talking about what Steve Eisman was in the first seven years in the league. I'm talking about Sergey Fedorov when he played with the Wings with Steve Eisman. And oh, by the way, this is just Sergey Fedorov being Sergey Fedorov. He was the master of the coolest looking gear. He wore he wore Nike skates, Nike white skates before they were bought by Bauer. Actually, yes. No. no, Nike bought Bauer. Nike bought Bauer. Correct. Count it. I will say, he's the only guy, the California Golden Seals, they tried the white skates. Guess what? Only Sergey could have rocked the white skates. So, Leon Dreisaitl, right? I feel bad for Hawks fans if they're watching this right now. It's like, we are in this no, series, too. We'll get to you. We'll get to you. We'll we are, get to Alex, you. We're just kind of, no. It's over. The series is over. Four games. Four, no. Four games? No, this is going to five. You think it's going five. I've got point of the story. Connor McDavid is happy that he's not the one freaking tugging the boat around. He's not the one on the rig. He's not the only one. There's at least three of them. There's at least a couple other people. Well, then again, Zach Cassian, he kind of is the brunt of the work. Zach Cassian. That being said, Edmonton Blackhawks, I'm going 
Oh, God. I'm going to say this and I'm going to regret it. Edmondson in five. In five. Why? Edmondson go in four? five because what's going to happen is Zach Cassian is going to be dumb in game four and he's going to screw it up. So they're going to have to go to game five. Wow. Make Zach Cassian the GOAT. Now, here's the question, Alex. Do you play both goaltenders? Playing both goaltenders? Absolutely. Uh, here's the thing. You My- got, do you have the schedule up for Edmonton real quick? The schedule of the playoffs, yes. Yeah, pull up Edmonton's real so quick. So that series is going to start... Ah, okay, so here we go. It starts Saturday. So we have Saturday... That's the ten, that's, by the way, that's a 10.30 game, 8.30 Mountain Time. So you have three games... They have a day rest in between each game, except for games four and five. Right. So well, if they go to five games, you're you sticking have, with whoever won. You have Saturday, two. Monday, and Wednesday, and then possibly Friday, Saturday. This is a great opportunity for the team, for the Oilers to do what like Team Canada would do. Give each goaltender a game and see who really steps up. I don't think they should do that. I think what should happen. We'll see tomorrow night is in the exhibition. Games. Well, we we will see. But I think you gave I, I think you give the first game to Mike Smith. Concurred. And if he plays well, you keep him in for game two. And if you win game two, you keep him for game three. And but then, if you don't win, you switch to Koskinen. Koskinen will take three and four. And then if you if you don't win the series in four, you switch it back to Mike Smith I'm for five. Just, I'm just not confident in Mike Miko Koskinen. I it's hard for me to get behind the guy. It's hard, but you know what? You have to try. Oh, man. Mike Smith last year, it's so unfortunate he was on a Calgary team that just kind of gave up by the end of that series because Mike Smith was That's so, why you start him. He was so good in that series for Calgary. It's a real shame that they were not able to make it out of that first round. I'm just saying. And they got beat yeah. by a guy that lost in the national championship game and Nathan McKinnon. First three games. There's more could players built through hour two. I'm sorry. First three games could possibly all go to Mike Smith. But if you win or if you lose one out of the three, you could switch it up. You make can. A, Dave Tippett's not going to make a knee-jerk reaction like that. I don't think Tippett will do that. That's the thing. Because don't forget, like J- Jack Michaels but and I talked about, Tippett coached Smith in Arizona. He's got faith in the veteran goaltender. Carolina and Edmonton have this thing where they could switch it. They can if they have to. They can. That being said, I'm going Oilers in five. Oilers in four. Well, at least we Concur on four. The Oilers. Starts with the letter F. Not fine. Four. Last uh, series that we will go- take before commercial break, we have the Vancouver Canucks ver- versus the Wild. Honestly, I have not. I don't have a lot to talk about because this series, I don't really have a lot of. I don't really have a lot of skin in the game. Not it, to mention, <sighs> I just, I just don't pay attention to Vancouver. They've been both of these teams. East Coast bias individually. It's it's not even an East Coast bias thing. Like I'm going to text Matthew Zator and he's going to give you one. That's fine. (laughs) Because here's the thing. It's not the fact that it's an East Coast bias thing. It's that both of these teams have been sleepers this entire season. Vancouver led the division. For how long? Uh, Well, shoot. Pacific Division this year, until Vegas finally figured out what the heck they were doing, it was anyone. it 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 was the flavor of the week who led the division. Exactly. There was more chance, Alex. Let's put it this way: there We been, talk about the wild, wild. There West. have been more. They were hot, they were hot for a there couple ha- weeks. There have been more lead changes in the Pacific Division, Alex, than there were title changes in WCW in the year two thousand. I like. I, I actually want to know that which which was different, which had more title changes. You're right, Tyler. That's why Vancouver, being the leader in the Pacific, 
was as good as David Arquette being the world champ. David Arquette married to Courtney Cox. Courtney Cox Arquette. Formal, former WCW champ. David Arquette. Count it. He was a champion. Wrestling. I'm going to say, you know what? Screw it. You, you give your take, and I'll go with mine. I look at both these teams. I think Vancouver has a lot of upside. Not a whole lot on the back end. Myers is old, yeah. Jacob Markstrom is not the best goaltender. I, okay. I don't okay, know. Okay, let's, yeah. let's, let's, let's be honest here. He's a good goalie. He's better. Any, any team, he's they, a fringe starter. Any team. You could put him up against Flurry and he'd give him a run for his I money. I think he'd be able to start in New Jersey, Alex. <laughs> Markstrom is not a bad goalie at all. I don't think he gets enough credit just because of the Eastern bias. So I think Vancouver has a lot of upside. That being said, though, Minnesota, they have been a sleeper, but they're a perennial first-round team. They have that ability to just steal them. They steal them left and right. They're like the Hamburglar, and you know what? It's dinner time. No, Andrew Hammond is not in this series, Alex. Give it up! We're talking about, wait, which hamburger are we talking about here? Talking about Hammond or? I'm talking about the actual hamburger. No, from the cartoon. Okay, yeah. Like the character. Yes, the the McDonald's character. Hence the reason why I said they're like the Hamburglar. I'm doing doing the Don Cherry clap. All right. Here's how the series is going to play out. I love, okay. I wasn't finished, by the way. What's your pick then? Sorry. My pick is Minnesota, and it's going to be in four. Wow. Hot take. Now, I'll give now Alex. No, like, hot take is Minnesota in three. <laughs> I, let me give you folks the reason why Alex would pick Minnesota. They were really hot at the end of the season. This team had no business being in a wild card spot or even battling for a wild card spot. Yet, they were able to just do that Minnesota thing where, like, hey, there's the playoffs. Hey, let's have two more home games and just shove their way up there. And it wasn't even with Devin Dubnik this year. This was Alexander Stalock who two years ago had no business being in the NHL. Don't forget, less than a decade ago, he was backing up Martin Jones barely, and now then he went to Toronto, got left in a hotel room saying, we're, we're going to pay you, but you're not going to play. That's how it's going to work. Comes back, puts some good games together, Dubnik falls off, and you know, in Minnesota, they kind of go, well, let's give this a shot, and away they go with him. They give Stalock a shot, and he starts playing well. His numbers aren't. Awful. They're not great, but they're not bad either. 2011 and 4, 267 goals against average, 910 save percentage. Alex, you ready for this? Four shutouts tied for fifth in the NHL. Four shutouts for a team that's defense has been missing Matthew Dumba for the majority of the season. I mean, who? Jared Spurgeon? Maybe they're probably one of their top guys. This team has been missing a lot, a lot of quality talent, yet they've still been able to pull it around. They have guys. Heck, Ryan Suter. Old as dirt, Ryan Suter has been able to finish second on the team in scoring. Kevin Fiala, who I remember when that trade was made with Nashville, I'm like, oh, man, just getting Kevin Fiala. I'm like, that's not a that's not a big pickup for the Wild. He's been huge this year. Leads the team with 54 points, less than a point a game. Uh, I'll be What? Ryan Suter isn't second in scoring. He's second in points. Sec- well, second in scoring is points. 48 points. Yes, you're right. He's way down. He leads the team in assists, though, with 40. Yes. When I say... I'll agree with that. Yeah. Eric Stahl, who is 35 years old. All right, you guys ready, Alex, ready for the top six scorers? Okay. So Kevin Fiala, 23 years old. Style player. Ryan Suter, 48 points, 35 years old. Style player. Eric Stahl, 47 points, 35 years old. Statistic nightmare. Zach Parise, 46 points, 35 years old. Also statistic nightmare. Matt Zuccarello, 37 points, 32 years of age. Should have stayed in New York. Jared Spurgeon, 
32 points. Sounds like a fit. 30 years old. This team is being led by the old men of the team. Let's be honest. And then they have, after that, I don't think they have any 30-year-olds. I mean, Dubnik's 33. Stalock is 32. But except for Brad Hunt, those are the those are your old guys leading your team right there. The rest are all under 30 with Greg Pattern, who chose not to be part of. I right, know Greg Pattern was hurt. He's still he's still part of the Minnesota Wild. He'll be there with 20 being age 29. I'm interested to see how the series is going to go because Vancouver has so like I will say this. I give the advantage to Vancouver in terms of goaltending because I think Markstrom is a better goaltender than Alexander Stalock. That said, looking at the two teams, the way they have played against each other this year. I mean, it's it'll be interesting. Two out of three, we go to the wild. Two to three, go to the wild, Alex. You're right. And I believe the two games, let me jump on Hockey Renfords here quickly. Uh, I'm going to see which, if they were both. I know home ice doesn't matter, but in the regular season it does. And I scroll down. Two of the games were in Minnesota. So Minnesota, they, Minnesota did win on the road, though, so... I guess you could say Vancouver went one and two. They only they won, they lost. Excuse me, their one game at home. But I just like Vancouver. You, I want these are the this is the worst thing about them playing against each other. I want these two teams to do well. I love Minnesota. I love the state. I want to move there. I mean, the wife does too. That's because the Mayo Clinic. And it's such a and it just seems like from what all I've heard is a great place. Yes, a lot of rain and snow. I understand that, but hey. Listen, they got a nice stadium there in Minneapolis. They got a lot of hockey there in Minnesota. It is a state of hockey for a reason, Alex. That's what I want the Wild Michigan to do. Michigan would disagree, but they don't compete. Vancouver, let me tell you right now, has been a team that has just been longing for a top-tier talent. And they have that in Elias Pettersson. Now, yes, is he leading the team this year? No, he's missed some time with injury. JT Miller has really stepped up, leading the team with 72 points. You have your captain, Bo Horvat doing it on and off the ice in terms of being a leadership. 53 points, tied for third. And Quinneth Hughes. It's not Quinneth, is it? It's probably it's, just Quinn. It's just Quinn. It should be Quinneth. Quinneth Hughes the first. It's just Quinn. Tied for the team leading points with 53. Leading all rookies with 53 points. Leading them all as well with 45 assists. Call their trophy candidate. Let me tell you. Oh, we got a few minutes here, Alex. But. Oh, but. Here's the point. Elias Pettersson, yes, he did miss time, but he still is tied with JT Miller just on goals alone. 27 he, goals. Yes, JT's got 45 assists, and Elias only has 39. But even with the time off, he produced a lot. And? I was wrong. Pettersson only missed one game this year. I thought he was hurt. Oh, Brock Besser is the guy I'm thinking of, who still put up 45 points, only playing 59 games. My apologies. But here's, here, here's, so here's going to be the quick thing that I'll throw in there. You're right, Alex. Shotgun Jake Bertanen's going to put up four goals in three games. You're right. Well, I was just going to say, what's the shutdown line for Vancouver? The shutdown line, oh, man, it's it's got to be, I don't want to say Vertanen, but Tanner Pearson's been a huge pickup for the team. I like the way he plays. They still have guys like Jay Beagle, who have playoff experience up the wazoo. Antoine Roussel, guys who are, you know, like I said, stout men who have played in the playoffs, played tough minutes. Brandon Sutter, another guy. And you guys have on the guys on the back end. You have Christopher Tanev, Tyler Myers, Alex Edler, who has been there forever, with the young guy with Quinn Hughes as well. They do have Jordy Ben on the back end, only seven points. Yeah, but you know what? Playing in 44 games, the old man's playing all right. The younger of the Bens. He's been there, Alex. And he's done, oh, he's done a few things. 
The shutdown line for Vancouver, quote-unquote shutdown line, is Louis Erickson, Jay Beagle, and Tyler Mott. I forgot yeah, Tyler Mott. Siege's older brother. You got Apple, Doggy, and Louis well, Erickson. the guy that plays like a dog. <laughs> and Louis Erickson. Listen, I, I, Vancouver fans, I'm pretty sure, have given up on Louis Erickson as well, but this is a great That's opportunity. That's why he's on the fourth line. There's a great opportunity for him to really kind of step up. I like I like the Godette, Vertanen, and Roussel line because Vertanen... Bertanen can just either be one of the best players in the game or just forget what he's doing on the ice. I mean, that's just that's been the story of his entire career with Vancouver. But that said, it's a great time for him to step up because this team, I you know, they've they, I'm trying to figure out the last time they made the playoffs. They have not made the playoffs since 2015, which was back when the Sedins were still hot and Luongo was their goaltender, Alex. That's how long ago this I'm was. I'm still saying Minnesota in four. What's your what's your pick? <sighs> See, that's a tough part. Like I said, Minnesota was so hot heading into this into this pause. But you have to think. Correct. Teams are different than they were three months ago. Right. And that's why I think it had been better had we waited. I mean, if we did. Five we had, months ago. Excuse me. Well, no, four months ago. Five. They last played in March. Do they actually? Oh, that's right. You know, yeah. they, they technically played. In, in over four months. Almost four and a half months. Almost five. You were kind of on the right track. There was an F in there, Alex. Four or five. They both started letter F. It's fine. Fine is not the word we should use. Fine. <laughs> You're killing me, Alex. We're never going to get to Thomas at this rate. Just letting you know right now. Well, that's why we can go to commercial, skip through or skimp on through our news and notes. Well, the news and notes will pretty much take into the Eastern Conference preview, which which does work out for us, I believe. Which does work with Thomas. It does work with Thomas because Thomas, he's back in the podcast game, by the way. Yeah. Is he now? Is, yeah. he, is he doing the Detroit podcast or is he? It's it's starting back up slowly. I mean, he he said it's like oh you know I mean I'm just glad he's hey he was he was prepped. I didn't have to give him anything this year, Alex. Usually I have to like you know here are some talking points. He's like I got this. I don't think he did the hand slap though. Probably not. That's what I would do though. He brought he probably did the thing. Of, hey, you know I got it. I got it. I got it. I mean I appreciate the effort. <laughs> I appreciate it. I However. I do think that I have my own opinion. Vancouver Tyler. is a team. I'm not saying that Vancouver could win this. I'm just, I, I'm merely stating the fact. Vancouver, Vancouver. I, uh, I, it's this is tough. This is literally tough because I don't know who I want who I who I want to win and who should win. Who is going to win? Well, you already you just picked Vancouver. No, I didn't say Vancouver. I said Vancouver. You, just said, you said Vancouver twice. Minnesota. Minnesota, Vancouver, Vancouver, Minnesota, Vancouver. It's it's literally eeny, meeny, miny, mo. If Stalox plays the way Stalox, if Stalock plays, I did a Midwestern thing there. I had an S for no reason. Stalock plays like he did in late February, early March. I don't care how good. If Brock Besser is back to healthy 100%, Elias Pedersen, if that top line's going, it won't matter because he will stand on his head. If Jacob Markstrom can play at the high level he was before, he got into some injury troubles at some points during the season. He could steal the series and make Minnesota's top scorers, which, yes, are older and maybe a little bit more seasoned, give them a tough time. I will say this. Right now, Alex, we're looking at experience versus youth and skill. We're looking at Stahl, Zuccarello, Suter, guys who have been there before. They've been they've been in long playoff runs. Stahl, a Stanley Cup champion in 06. And then you have a younger goaltender, albeit. In Vancouver, you have Hughes, you have Besser, Patterson. This is their first experience. Now, yes, not the glitz and glamour of the playoffs that we're used to, yet there's still the big games on the line. I, will the less fanfare make it easier on these kids? I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. That said, because i got to get my round-robin prediction here quickly. You do. 
Oh, this is painful. Help. Oh. Three, two, one. Vancouver and five. Oh, uh, so I. Oh man, I. I had, uh, I had to do it to you. Vancouver and five. Um, I just because I just. There's going to be a game where Pedersen's going to step up and he's going to lay it down. I think Vertan. I really think Vertanen's going to have a big. Week. I don't know why. I pull for the guy so much, and it's not just because I watch his younger brother play over at Calvin. I just think Vertanen's due for a huge series. Four goals, three games. I don't know if he'll score in the fifth game or if he'll score in the first game, but he will score at some point in this series four goals in three games. Final answer. Vancouver in five. Final answer. Vertanen. Don't let me down, man. He didn't let me down in the World Juniors a couple years ago. Shotgun. Jake Vertanen. Mark Schumer, Staylock. Yep. All right. Well, that uh, takes care of the Western Conference. Playing series, at least. Playing series. After the break here... Hold on, we got to do our round-robin predictions still. Do we? We should probably... Well, we should at least, you know, just get them quickly. I've never really understood... What's, what's the whole point of round-robin? Round it's just so the teams play meaningful games. I think that's why they make... They're in the playoffs. Every game is meaningful. Well, they can play the lower seed. Say Chicago does pull off a great upset. Yeah, you're right. St. Louis would rather play Chicago, which even though they're playing in the exhibition game. Quick, make a prediction. Out of those teams, who's going to be, quote-unquote, the highest... Yes. You're doing a great job, Alex. Well, it's a it's a dumb ask. It's, it's I got my answer. I'm going Colorado. I'm going to say Arizona. Wait, what? Wait. No. Is, isn't it out of these teams? No, the round robin. St. Louis, Colorado, Vegas, and Dallas. Those four Frick, teams. I don't care. Colorado. Colorado. Round robins not. are dumb. Pavel Fransuz. Fransuzzi. Susie, I'm home. Grubauer. Grubauer. No, whoever starts, who cares? Colorado's going to get it. I believe in Colorado. Round robins are so dumb. They're only dumb if you make them dumb, Alex. Hmm. Let's just go to Red Robin and say screw it. <laughs> After the break, we're going to talk about a little bit of news, and then we'll get into the Eastern Conference, talk about some bias with our good buddy Thomas. This is the Keel Show on 12 on Sports. And we are back here on The Keel Show on 12 Ounce Sports. Make sure to use the hashtag TKS at The Keel Show to get involved in the conversation if you are not already. Now, we just talked about the Western Conference. Now we'll get to the Eastern Conference. Kind of going a little bit left to right, if you will. Kind of like reading a book. Telling a story, if you will. One guy that has a lot of stories, though. Well, not about... specifically. Talk a story that he could say, tell his kids about being this on the, in the six timers club the of, six, the, of the Keel the show. Six timers club, the elite of the elite. Finally, Yay! finally tied him, tied himself up with Harrison Watt, and probably the best picture we've had for our for a guest here so far. Ladies, I mean, it's a solid photo. It's a beautiful picture. Ladies, well, and I oh, hold on, wait, find hold on, oh, we didn't even sorry. introduce you yet. You're right, sorry, gotta be quiet, I'm new. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, voice of Davenport Hockey, or at least one of the many voices, the best one. Oh, okay. Also, a just a beautiful man all around, a ladies man, and he's a gentleman as well. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, 
Thomas Biondo. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. And 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 honestly, I, I tried to find the, the most serious picture that I could. And, and basically, that was the most serious picture that I could find. So there you go. I'm proud of that. Was that? Was that the first or was that the second season you and I were working together? Because that was a Jennifer Forrest uh, picture, Jane's mom, right? No, I actually think that that is was a Cody Walsh's mom picture. Really? So that was before. I think your memory is far superior to mine, as we have discussed many times. But I believe that she was the one that had given me that little thingy, my Bob, that uh, I'm wearing. And I believe that she was the one that took the picture. I, I'm not surprised. Well, there was the one, cause I remember the, one of the years, it was the year she gave me that, that old Davenport pole or the pullover. And she took a photo and you're just like, you're trying, let's, I'm doing analysis. I'm doing like, I'm seriously working here, working a women's hockey game with Thomas. And next thing you know, oh, here's over here doing a photo op with like a face, like his like mouth's open. He's like, Hey, like kind of like what I do, I guess. But yeah, but like, yeah, I, I, we can get distracted pretty easily. Well, I mean, there was there was the Adrian game from this past season, which I don't think we even talked about the game in the last third period. No, no. It, uh, hey, hey, you got to keep listeners entertained, much like you guys do for during the whole course of your podcast. We that's true. That is true. We tried our, our con- best. Our content is not always the best, but the entertainment value that's where it's at. Says all that's- our diehard viewers. That's what. That's it. That's what you got to do. Just entertain me. Sometimes it doesn't have to be good. I just want to be entertained. We know what sells, and in this case, what we do? Well, well, we know. We know. We know what sells. I'm, I don't know. That, I, I would, that's I would, always I would, just a weird sentence, no matter where it was going. <laughs> oh, we know what sells on this podcast. It's entertainment. Oh, there it is. Okay, tangents and tangerines and second string leather and yeah. mybookie.com over there. My point. No, oh. right here. I'm trying to get the sponsors. You're trying to get the plug in there, aren't you? I'm I'm getting the plug, man. There's some outlets down here. We got a big plug strip. Plug it. Fair good. enough. You know, like you guys also did a really, really good job uh segue. I wanted to mention that there was a, a segue in there that was fantastic. And I, it's already gone. Oh. Uh, uh I forgot what it was, but just a fantastic segue early on in this broadcast or early on in my segment of this broadcast. Let's put it you, that way. You know it's funny. So good work there. Thomas has a really good job of remembering things, but then forgetting obvious things like the first game you and I ever did together back in 2014. That moment means a lot to me and you forgot it. Oh, you're so well, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is. And cause let's face it. I, that, I, he was like the fourth different guy that had called the game with me. Like I knew he was going to stick around forever. What, what do you want from me? That's that. that, that Here, here's, got a point. here's the, here's the true thing, Tyler. Sometimes you just need to remember the things that you want to remember or things that are actually valid. Like the one time where we did your bachelor party and we went to, uh, what was it, Hopcat before the Griffins game. Speaking of Rubens. I remember the first thing that um, Thomas got to drink was the same thing that I got. The Rubeus. Was, it wasn't a Rubeus. It was a, I think it was a pear cider. That's what mm-hmm. he got. That was the first thing, thing that he drank. I don't know why I remember that, but I do. That was a great that was, that was a fun it's time. It's the little things. You don't have to remember every single thing in the world, but the things that, the, that you do remember got character i have to remind thank myself you, that thomas, you're very welcome thomas i have to remind myself that thomas that was a night an eye-opening night because thomas had never really been to a minor league sporting event it's like we got like I not. we had griff we had finn we had mascots and you know he's from detroit so he sees the lions tigers the wings pistons all that stuff so he's used to major pro sports where there's no dumb gimmicks whereas minor leagues it's like fireworks and hot dog cannons and t-shirt slingshots 
I, let's 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 be careful with the word dumb because I had an absolute blast. Well, I, I loved every second of it. Oh, uh, dumb like I mean, uh, you know what I mean, Alex? Like just crazy. It's not dumb. It's fun. It's not right. as serious. That's let's, why. Let's be honest. When we're comparing minor league sports to professional sports, let's just take Grand Rapids versus Detroit. As far as mascots go, Grand Rapids wins. They have a pig in a tube. <laughs> a pig in a they have a, tube. They have two river rascals. They've got two mythological creatures as griffins. And then Detroit has a tiger. A, t- a tiger, yes. A horse for the Pistons. No. Don't they have the the piston? They had Hooper. Yeah, Hooper's a it's a it's a type of yeah. It's like like meant to be like a Mustang slash horse type kind of thing. Yeah, like the logo, well, yeah, because like horsepower. Kind the, of thing. the logo they had right. in the mid nineties, the the green, the teal color. Yeah, I know yeah. what I know what you're talking about. And then they have a lion. That's it. Yeah, the lion yeah, and the but, tiger are not gimmicky at all. It's just the mascot. And then the piston thing. It's like <laughs> it's because <laughs> horsepower. <laughs> <laughs> That's but, the most, that's the okay. most fun that they have. To be fair, to be fair, I mean, to be fair, that I mean that is pretty much the difference between professional sports. One of the differences between the professional leagues and the minor leagues is that there are no fu- like crazy fun professional teams. There's no lug nuts and and river rats and they, there's none of those things in the in the professional river rascal to you, sir. <laughs> And honestly, the, the Kraken might be the closest thing that we have to the, the a minor league name. I love it. Don't get me wrong. I don't, I'm, I'm not trying to slam it. I'm just saying in terms of kind of because it's different. You know, how many Cardinals? There's like, what, five professional Cardinals? And if you look at all the birds, half the league, a quarter of the, the mascots and the professionals are birds. Yeah, it, it, they mix it up a little bit. Sea creatures are very underrepresented. And now and sea monsters are underrepresented, and now they get to add one. See, that's part of the reason why I think that I like that they went with the Kraken, because... Just don't put a person inside a Kraken suit. That's all I ask. Just don't do that. I don't know if they'll do a Kraken suit, because here's the thing about the Kraken. It's the the mythology around it. It's the, you can't really see it until, well, you're not there anymore kind of thing. Because, I mean, think about it. When you're trying to market a team from like kind of an entertainment aspect you can never do a promo video like they did if your team name was the metropolitans you just take pictures of the city you can't do that with a team like the rangers no no that a team like the rangers what do you do you go based on history and you're like oh yeah we're in new york that's it we used that we have we've had a team forever seattle new team dark water ambiance the ports Picking up this goal light from out of nowhere, and in then the netting. having the the big uh, carrier ship is be the goal horn. Yeah, see? I'm I'm for it. I'm okay yeah. with it. I said at first I'm I was very like, okay with it. I was like, oh, that's what they, okay. That's fine. At least not a foghorn because you can't have a foghorn in the same division. You can't have two foghorns because that's what is. It's different, and but yet it's still something that has a cool mascot, but it's not. It doesn't jump the shark. It's got a, it's got a lot of really good. It, it's a it's a very well done, nice job Don't you kind of it. thing. Don't you mean you jump it. the sharks in the standings, maybe, Alex? Hey, yeah, Thomas. Yeah, hey. I, no, I I I set you guys up to take that one. I mean, there were so many different options for you guys there. I'm just glad that you guys took one of them, any of them, and, and walked through the door with it. Good work. I'm just, it, it was just too easy. Well, it's a kraken. It might right. eat the that, shark at that point. Well, you know what? It does whatever it wants. It's a kraken. I'm here to help you. 
<laughs> well, uh, he's here to help. About what? We don't know. I'm just saying. One thing that we that could have been a name would could have been the whales. No, there's the already the, whales. no. That would you, you want to make why? everyone in Hartford you know, mad? You want to know why? That's because, how you, that's how you make people mad. The Seattle whales, and then as uh, as a mascot, like an on ice mascot, they should have Ishmael. <laughs> Ishmael. From Ishmael. Moby Dick. <laughs> Call me Ishmael. <laughs> they should actually, they could have combined everybody and then used the Gordon's Fisherman Islanders logo with the whales so that you're combining the Hartford whales and the, the old Islanders logo and throwing that together. That just sounds like Create just a mishmash of, of different, uh, different uh, sort of, uh, of logos. That would have been, that would have been something. That's the Seattle aquatics. The, that is an awful <laughs> beer league team right there. That is, that's what it sounds yeah. like. Yeah. Truth. That is what that is. That's exactly what that is. Uh, now let's go on to teams that have less fun names. The Pittsburgh okay. Penguins and the Montreal Canadiens. This is going to be the first series that we'll talk about. Pittsburgh, fifth fifth seed, Montreal being the 12th seed. Penguins going into the series 40, 23, and 6. Habs being 31, 31, and 9. Gosh, I like it when numbers work out 31 and 31. The only 500 but, team in the playoffs. Or like at we said 500. Earlier in the show, the season, as far as the regular season goes, does not always correlate to what could happen. Now, Thomas, we'll start off with you. You look at the Penguins' starting lineup, and you look at how deep that they can be. You look at Montreal and how they've started to build players and getting more people in there, and Carey Price actually deciding to play instead of staying home with his family. What's your initial reaction when you look at this series as far as the play-in round? Um. It, you mentioned the name. I mean, this is, it's, if it's not the Carey Price show, this is going to get ugly quickly. I just don't think that the Canadians are going to be able to keep up slash shut down the Penguins. I mean, they got four guys this year that are averaging over a point per game in Pittsburgh between Crosby, Malkin, Gensel, and Rust. They're all projected to play, all back from injury. Um, we didn't even mention guys like Zucker, Hornquist, and 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 uh, Marlowe. I just think that the Pittsburgh's too much. So when when you say something, when you say, okay, this series, what's it going to come down to? Carey Price is going to have to be the best version of Carey Price. Carey Price is ever Carey Price for this to really for this to be any sort of series of any length. Uh, it's that's. That is the long and the short of it. I mean, and everyone yeah. everyone has to remember, everyone's like, oh, Crosby's only got 47 points. He's still a point-of-game player. He got hurt, and the Penguins yeah. were even better without him. That's why Brian Russ had such a great year this year. And Evgeny Malkin was very good without... He, oh, uh, I mean, Malkin, seriously. He's all, I mean, 1.35 points per game, 74 and 55. It's a shame. I mean, he well on his way to well over 100 points. I mean, he would have... I don't know. He he was he was in a different planet and, and Gunsel twenty and thirty nine games. You figure he was headed for a forty goal season if he stays healthy and is playing with his mates. It I mean there's just there's just so much depth on that team up front and you know, to have to be shut down by I don't know if Petrie, Weber and Sherratt are enough up front. Oh. I, I just it's it's if it's not Carey Price, then I, like I said this this more than any other series has the is the most likely in my book, especially out east, that could end in three. 
I think all the other ones really have a four or five game potential. This one, I could won't be surprised if it ends in three, unless Carey Price is like I said. And it's just, I mean, I hate to sound so make it so simple or and and, and sound so, you know, oh, rocket analysis. Goalie needs to be good. Well, I mean, <laughs> in this series more than any other series, yes, Carey Price needs to steal the show. You know, well, right, well, so he, well, kind of going off what you're talking about. I mean, the when you just look at team you know team to team player to player line to line i mean montreal really has you know maybe two full lines that they can really depend on as far as you know trying to get some sort of productivity out of them as far as you know when you're just looking at the forwards pittsburgh has a lot more even you know patrick marlowe he's a little bit older but he still has he has still has solid hands his defensive awareness is off the charts as far as just being able to know the game and one thing, I don't know if this is completely accurate, but da- dailyfaceoff.com has the line combinations up for the Montreal Canadiens as far as the forwards go, and Max Domi is listed on the fourth line with Jordan Wheel and Dale Weiss. Now, don't forget, Alex, he just joined the team recently. He, was, he d- wasn't there at the beginning of Phase 3. He wanted to wait to see if he could actually go and play because he has a type 1 diabetic, which does put him at a bigger health risk for the COVID-19 but have I and I said this last week, having Max Domi in the lineup, doesn't matter where you put him, that does I'm not gonna say gives the halves any sort of edge, but it does help because they have that little bit of nastiness that Domi has. Something he picked up from his mm-hmm. dad is that grit, that grind, and here's the difference. Domi's got hands. Not the not yeah. hands of stone, not like his dad. He actually has hands that can really put the puck in the net. Now, is he gonna light up well, I don't know who's gonna start with Pittsburgh. We'll ask that here in a second, but I want to say Matt I, Murray here. Well, hold on. We'll get to it. But I think I don't want everyone to just say it. Could, like I said, it's got to be Carey Price. He's, if he doesn't play well, that's it. If he plays well and you have guys like Max Domi, because confidence from a goaltender will absolutely just run through the entire lineup. If Carey Price game one, win or lose, if he stops like 48 of 50 and the Habs lose two to one, I guarantee you that the Habs will feel so much better coming out of that game than they would a three nothing loss where they only where they just get outplayed mercifully. If they can get outplayed and Carey Price steps up, that'll be like, hey guys, our goaltender's given it all he's got. We should step up for him as well, and that'll make game two an interesting series. Make it interesting. And, and, and the other thing, kind of right along those lines, and and I'm kind of, I really believe this in, you know, you mentioned what your goaltender can do for the for for the team out in front of him. I kind of go the other way is, is the, what a good goaltender can do to the other team with, in terms of frustration True. that you where and, and especially when these series are this best of five format where boy, you can't really, you can't afford to fall behind here. You gotta, you gotta get going and you gotta be good off the, off the get. And the last thing that you want to do is fall behind one of these series. So if price comes out and has a 20 save first period, and they're down two nothing. Let's say they being Pittsburgh, they're already gonna have a little bit of that. Oh boy, you know. And so it's it's just something to keep in mind too is that it's not just from the from the confidence that a goalie can can give a team. It's the confidence that a goalie can take away if Pittsburgh really starts feeling oh boy oh boy oh boy oh boy. They fall behind and they can't seem to be priced. That can get in your head in terms of gripping the stick a lot harder. And, and you, you know, you, you can't make the easy play because you're trying to make the perfect play too much. 
Right. That is a very valid point. And, you know, I, I've been kind of thinking, about, especially in a series like this, where you do have two, I would say, somewhat solid teams. And like you said, carry price is going to have to be a key factor in this. But if you try to compare this time that we're in right now, coming out of, you know, training camps for all of these teams, you can kind of you can kind of make an assumption that it's possible that, especially with these, you know, five game series, that the teams, like they would for a normal training camp going into like a beginning of the regular season or preseason, the teams that just have the pure or they have the most pure skill will probably come on top, or at least for the first couple yeah. of games, just on the basis that, you know, not all of these players, if not any of them, have been playing at game speed for over a couple of weeks. You know, you, yeah. there, there are the certain exceptions that where they might have been. Um, recovering from an injury. I know that a couple of the Maple Leafs were able to train during all of this because they were nursing injuries and able to rehabilitate those. Also, they were somewhere in Sweden, which is the ice have been open there for a while. Right. Yes. Which was an interesting, interesting kind of dynamic as to how this was going to go too. I, I found that to be very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you just kind of look at each of these teams and you know, one thing it's going to be, yes, carry price. How is he going to do? How is Evgeny Malkin, Sidney Crosby, are they going to be playing at that same caliber? But another thing you got to put in there is which team has the most pure talent that can steal those first couple games before that, you know, that aspect of possibly getting, you know, taken down by Carey Price, taking 20 shots in the first period and possibly having a, a 2-0 deficit for the Penguins. Yeah, it's it's not the, it's believe me, that's not the likely situation. I really don't, given what you said, given the talent level, um, based on, I mean, you look at the rosters and, and you think, you know, how, how many penguins would you ch- choose if you were to just start going through the rosters and you were having a fantasy draft just between the two teams, how far down the list would you get before you, you, you picked a Canadian forward? Yeah. It's, you know, I, I mean, isn't, I mean, Crosby, Malkin and Gensel are pretty much guaranteed to go one, two, three. I, you know, I, you can make an argument for Zucker and Hornquist. I mean, I probably drew would be next. Gallagher is a, is a pit bull and, and, you know, Tatar is basically exactly what he was all those years in Detroit. But again, I just, I just don't know exactly how, uh, how they're going to be able to keep up with them. I just, it's just going to be a real tough way to go. Before we get the predictions, Thomas, who do you think goes in net for Pittsburgh? That's a real big question because Tristan Jari was an all-star before he got injured right before the break. Mm-hmm. Who do you think it's the call for the Pens? I think you're going to see them going to, I think they're going to go with Matt Murray and I think they're going to go with Matt Murray on a short leash. Yeah, that's, I, I, I think if he does not play well, um, I think he, you will see him go. And, and I know you guys just talked about the West kind of how, despite the numbers, I actually still think Pika Rene will go for Nashville. I think in this kind of thing, you're going to go with the guy that you feel like in the majority of the, most of the time has been there, done that and get you there. So I, I think Pittsburgh will go with Matt Murray. Tristan Jarry's had such a great year. He's got the ninth he, best goals against average, two, four, three goals against, nine, two, one state percentage, which is eighth. Matt Murray's not even close. Matt Murray is dang near. Okay, I want to say having Andre Vasilevsky numbers, but it's not nearly as good. But Matt Murray shows up when it comes to playoffs. Except the what? Remember the second year they won it, Alex? He pulled his groin during warmups. He 
that just freak, saying freak accident. He just didn't. Anyways, but yeah, I agree. I think Murray goes game one just because he is the guy that's won the two cups. But if he yep. has a if he has any slip up, hello Jari. That being yep. said, I- now let's get a prediction. So Thomas Pittsburgh versus Montreal. Who do you have winning the series? And if you can pinpoint in how many games your options are three, four, five. I'm going to go with what I, I'm going to go with what I said. I think it's going to be Pittsburgh in, 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 in three. I think Pittsburgh will, I think this will be the only series that is a sweep. And I think Pittsburgh will get it done just be, just because too much offensively. It's not like they're lagging defensively and they really have, they have a been there done that goaltender as well as, uh, as a goalie who was an all-star. So, well, I mean, they just have everything going the way it, everything could looks good for them. I don't see him falling on hard times. I, I think Pittsburgh wins this one and three. I, I would have to agree with that. Pittsburgh and yeah. three. Montreal gets the first overall pick. And oh my gosh, Alexi Lafreniere in Quebec, dude. I'm saying. I'm just that's right. That's there. what I'm saying. You want to talk about marketing, Alex? Alex, you could market the Habs. That's how easy the job would be for you. Oh, I wouldn't have to. I would just say we have a French player in a. French province. You're welcome. Yeah, I actually, and that would be, he, that'd be one of the few places where he could go that actually wouldn't bother me. The Canadians winning the, the lot ended up ending up winning the lottery. That, that's actually wouldn't drive me nuts. There are certain teams that if they get knocked off and then win the lottery, that would floor me. The Canadians doing it wouldn't necessarily be one of them because I, I don't, I think the Canadians are in this because the Canadians are in this because they needed the extra team. Yeah. I mean, that's just how I feel. I, they needed, they obviously had to get a 12th team. And I think if this was a normal situation, Montreal does not. I mean, obviously they don't get in as a 12th seat, but I just mean if they could have found a way to do it with 11, they would have done it with 11. Montreal kind of just based on numbers doesn't really belong. And now that I've said that made my prediction, they'll sweep Pittsburgh, but I'm going to stand <laughs> by what I said. Well, I tell you this, Tyler, what's your, what's your guess? If Montreal sweeps Pittsburgh, Chicago sweeps Edmonton, Edmonton still wins the first overall pick. Just saying. Oh, of course. Why? Well, that's absolutely. That's hockey one on one. Pittsburgh, though, got Alexi Lafreniere. The world would riot. Alexi Lafreniere on the wings of Sidney Crosby. Um, oh, my Lord. Holy cow. Anyways, I, you know what? I have faith in Carey Price. I say he gets one. Carey Price wins <laughs> one yeah. game literally by himself. He brings it to the red line and shoots it on goal and it somehow skips by Matt Murray. That's what gets Murray the boot for the rest of the playoffs. Jari starts the rest of the way for the Penguins. Penguins, though, in four. Penguins and four. Okay. Carey Price, the one goal for the Canadians. They win one nothing because that's just that's just how the game's gonna go. Three you would. guesses for the Jesus, waddle boys. Goaltender will win the game by himself in every way. All right. Clearly. So the next series that we have is near and dear to my heart. Near and dear to your heart, Alex. Why? Because it's why the, could it be, Alex? It's the Carolina Hurricanes versus the team that said that they were gonna tank last year. Uh the New York Rangers. Yeah. And then they got Tammy Panarin, and they're like, well, we're good again, guys. Let's go. Yep. So, obviously, I have a lot of skin in the game as far as this one goes. You know, you talk about Sebastian Ajo, which you got the same amount of skin as anyone else does. Okay. Oh, my goodness, Tyler. You are are completely sufferable. Four hours of sleep and coffee, man. It's a wonderful combination. Sebastian Ajo. You're completely sufferable? That's amazing. Well, he's not insufferable. He's completely sufferable. I just make everyone suffer. That's really funny. 
Okay. Good. Well done. Well Tom, done. Thomas, thank, you okay thank, over there? See, this is why I like Thomas. Me and him, we're on the same page here. We could You're have in a, a different book in we, a yeah, different we, genre. We could have a five-hour show like with you. Thomas. If we didn't have a time limit till 8.30 tonight, we could be going till 11, probably. That's, that's probably yeah, true. That, it's kind of true, probably. Yeah. Anyways, Alex. Yes. So, so ring us in. Carolina, you've got just beautiful talent up front. Oh, Sebastian Ajo, Sveshnikov, Teravainen. You have a possible, a decent duo in between the pipes between Mrazek and Reimer, with Mrazek more likely than not getting a majority of the games, if not all of them, during this playoff run. Versus you look at the Rangers, you have Panarin, you have Ryan Strom, you have Zibanejad, and you also have this question of how many, it's not of whether or not, it's amount of how many games Henrik Lundqvist is going to play. Uh, so, uh, Tyler, I'll start with you this round. Looking so, at this right right now, do you think that New York has the ability to keep up with Carolina? I, they, they won all four games this year, the Rangers did. That it's, is true. It's so tough because when we talked to Luke DeCock a couple weeks ago, of Raleigh News and Observer, it he it's just so crazy. They've won ten of the last twelve meetings. Last year, where they went to the team split the series two and two, but the Rangers, for the better part of, I mean, I know the Canes have not been the best in the division, whether it be the Metro Division or whatever part of the conference. But the Rangers have dominated the Canes for the probably the last half decade, maybe longer. Like I said, Canes have have struggled mightily at times. They've had Cam Ward since you know, Oh six. So it's, they were pretty bad for a while, but the Rangers have still been able to be consistent. Even this season with the Canes having more expectations, being a better team on paper, the Rangers with the help of Lundqvist who went three and zero this year against the Canes have been able to dominate the better Carolina team. They have Panarin 95 points, Panarin Ted Lindsay award nominee. I it's hard. You can't, this is Alex, the epitome of the Nashville-Arizona series we previewed with Harrison later. You cannot count the lower seed out of this playoff series. You can't. And you can't just say that the top seed is going to have an easy time. The Rangers could sweep the Canes. The Canes could sweep the Rangers. The Canes have to find out how to beat the Rangers first, but I digress. This could be a really tight series. you got to go with Lundqvist just because on his recent. I give him, I give him two games. If he plays, unless he plays horribly in the first game. If Lundqvist plays well in game one, you give him another game because he's had such a great record against the Canes. Georgiev may be the next guy. He may be the future of the Rangers goaltending. This may be a John Van Beesbrook, Mike Richter goaltending controversy, which, yes, I am that young, but I know all about that controversy, given that it was actually one year before I was born. Regardless, I think you give Lundqvist the go, and if he plays well, Rangers have a shot. You're right. If the Canes win game one, then it may be a different story. Thomas, your thoughts? Well, I, you know, in, in these five games, in the, in the five games and all these, these playing series, whatever you're going to call them, I, you know, we're, our minds are thinking, okay, well playoff hockey and, and one goaltender. I don't think it's going to be really that surprising at all. If we see multiple goaltenders in a lot, if not all of these series, because you want to get you really do want to get both of your netminders some ice time here in these play-in games, because if, if there is an injury, which, or a, or COVID, 
you're going to need your next guy and you don't want that guy to go without seeing any live ammo, especially the deeper you get. Like for instance, if, if let's look at, and you guys, Carolina's really a, a great example. If they start with, with, uh, with Morazic and he wins the first two, there is going to be some pressure. I really feel, and maybe I I'm probably, I might be on an Island here and I don't really care. I think there's going to be some pressure to get Reimer in there at some point because you don't want to start getting, you know, what if they make a run to, you know, they're up to nothing in the conference semis and then Mrazic goes down and now Reimer hasn't played in sec- six months. We're up to six months and he hasn't played or, or would it be five, whatever the case is. I, so I, you're going to see, I think a lot of, of multiple goaltending in this, in these series. Now, the original question is, can the Rangers, I think the original question was actually, can the Ranger forwards keep up with the, the hurricane forwards? And I think the answer there is yes. I also really like the, the fact that Chris Kreider is going to be back. That is a blessing for the Rangers. That is the best thing that's happened to them. It's a scary thing or the the best thing that's going to come out for this, for them with this. I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, it's a scary thing for the Canes goaltenders because Kreider just runs into everything that has leg pads on it. So is is David Ayers in the bubble? Do we know if David Ayers is in the bubble? uh, He is in Toronto. I don't know if that helps or not because he may need to play. (laughs) I mean, it's... So with the top four, yeah, they're, they're skilled. The, what I like though, is that Carolina's defense, I mean, yeah, they're going to be without Hamilton, but I mean, see, they're still without Hamilton. Let's put it that way. They haven't, I don't think they've rolled them out forever. They just said he's not ready to go now. Correct. And they're saying weeks, but it does not have to do with the broken leg that he hurt earlier this year, according to Sarah Sivian on the tweeters from a couple of days so ago. They did. They were smart. They went out at the deadline. They got themselves Sammy Vatten and Brady Shea pretty much just for that scenario that they knew that if, if Hamilton was down for any length of time, they've got bodies to go with Pesci, Gardner, Fleury, Edmondson, Slavin, all those guys. And then you throw in the other two. I think that Carolina is going to be too deep defensively for the Rangers. And, and I think that that's, what's really going to help Carolina through this series. I I can concur with that. I mean, they got a guy like Vincent Trocek in there, and they do have Flurry and whatnot. This could be a really interesting series. But you're right. I would say, in terms of depth, and obviously very recent experience, you got to give it to the Canes. Artemi Panarin, he does have the experience. Zabanajad had a couple of runs there with Ottawa back in the day, but nothing nothing really surmountable experience. And I guess you could say the same thing with. Panarin for the most, I mean, no, then again, Panarin did win a Stanley Cup. I have to remember, remind myself, it seems like forever yep. ago with Chicago, but I, you gotta like the Canes chances, but you can't ignore the Rangers chances. Right. Well, right. I, I think Thomas, one, one, probably, I mean, you have a lot of great points. You always do. But one of your better ones was the fact that there, there might be a lot of pressure after the second game to possibly get Reimer in there because you know, when you're just looking at the East for the the 10-day qualifiers, this is um, an image from Jason Greger on Twitter. Um, there's there's two series that have actual back-to-back um, games, so one after the next. Yeah, you know, of the one first day, three games, at least. Of the first three games. So Carolina, after so game two is August 3rd, game three is August 4th. 
And obviously, and the other one, which is the I think the next series that we'll talk about is the Florida New New York, or excuse me, the Islanders uh, series, which is August fourth. They have a game, and August fifth they have a game. So the, I I do think that's a very valid point where, you know, especially when you're playing three games in the matter of, of four days, do you really want to keep Mrazek in there for that third game, or do you try to see if Reimer can pick up that last you know third game? That is, if it goes you know, and stays within three games or it goes past Thomas. Hmm. Now I'm going to get the, the hard answer from you. Do you think that Carolina or New York has the better hand in this? And in how many games I'm going to go with Carolina, which I hate the fact that I'm up, I'm taking two top seats because it just doesn't work out that way, but I am going to take Carolina. And, and, and like I said, the other, I like their defense versus on the other side, Two youngsters and Tony D'Angelo and Adam Fox are likely to see the most of the ice time. Truba and Stahl have some experience in the playoffs. I just, they're just not, I, Truba's still very good player. Stahl, obviously not what he once was. I just like the depth that Carolina has versus the Rangers who are going to have to go with two kids, probably with the majority of the ice time. Then there's Truba, and then you start a pretty steep drop-off for the Rangers defensively. So I think Carolina gets it done. Rangers will get one. This will go four, but uh, I think Carolina gets it done. I'm curious to know. Well, actually, your prediction first, because we all know how you're I'm. I'm this. going to go to, with Carolina, but really? I'm actually I'm actually going to go Carolina in five. Ooh. I think that oh, Tim Allen. Ooh. I think the <laughs> fact that they have to play, you know two games back-to-back is going to throw a wrench in the system. So I think it's going to be a matter of Carolina's going to get the first two. Rangers is going to get the third one. It's going to mess with the Hurricanes' heads a little bit. And, you know, the Rangers will get one more, take it to five, and then Carolina can pull it out in the end. Tyler? I will say this. Whoever wins game one, their backup will go in in game two. Whoever loses game one will stick with or we'll switch. No, excuse me. Whoever wins game one, they'll bring their starter for game two. Whoever loses game one will put their backup in. So say Carolina loses game one, James Reimer gets game two. You give Mrazic back for game three, unless Reimer has a stellar game. But you're going to see some flip-flopping and goaltending. But the depth will be so important for the Canes. However, it's just, it's 2020, Alex. It is. And despite the Canes not winning a single game in the regular season, they will win a game in the playoffs. They'll win two games in the playoffs. The Rangers, Alex, I th- I, with, with Panarin really? and Zibanejad. Okay. And if Lundqvist can be, yes, he's not young Lundqvist from 2010. He's not the 2012 Lundqvist that really took the Rangers from two wins to a cup final. He's not the 14 Lundqvist that said, all right, guys, we're going to play against the Kings, so help me goodness even though Carey Price got hurt in the conference finals. But I digress because of Chris Kreider. In five games, you'll see both Georgiev and Lundqvist. You'll see both Mrazek and Reimer. Who's going to win? Rangers in five. Well, Tyler, it may be 2020, but I don't see why you went against the Hurricanes. Oh, my gosh. That's a good gosh. one. Yeah. It's... I was going to title this show Playoff Preview, but it's uh, since become Segway City. <laughs> Segway City isn't a bad one, though. I know, but I want to have a title that actually explains what we're trying to do here, and we're struggling. Well, we're segueing. We're segueing. Yeah, 
Playoff Segway City. I don't have a problem with that. What about seg- what about segways through the hub cities? Huh? Um, uh-huh. nah, because there's, you, there's well, a win. Because you can't go outside the hub, Alex. You, why would you ride a Segway around the hub? It's kind of dumb. I'm just, okay. I'm just saying. Okay. All right. All right. Let's, All right. Let's just, I'm uh, pulling this back together. Let's get the ship back on board here. <laughs> Thank you, Thomas. Next yeah. one that we will talk about here is the good old New York Islanders versus the Florida Panthers. Go Islanders right 35, 23, and 10. Fifth in the Metro going into this series. Panthers 35, 26, and 8 fourth in the Atlantic. Just shows how deep, once again, how the Metro just controls the East. Now, yep. I look at this series as it's really Varlamov slash Grice versus Bobrovsky. Because I look at the... the yeah, I that's lo- even... I look, I look at the two offensive forces, and maybe this is just a personal view. I mean, obviously, Thomas, Tyler, you may have different opinions on this. Probably will. But I don't think that it's going to be a matter of scoring as is, uh, it's a matter of goaltending. Because there's going to be goals going both ways. A lot. I can see that it's going to be high scoring. This might be, as far as the playing series, this may be the highest scoring series of them all, East and West. That being said, who I th- I think it's just going to be a matter of who stops more pucks. Thomas, really? we'll go with we'll go with you first. You you look at the Islanders: Matthew Barzell, Brock Nelson, Anders Lee, Josh Bailey. You look at the Panthers: Huberdo, Barkov, Hoffman, Bobrovsky, Bobrovsky. Your thoughts when you look at this series? Straightforward. I think that this one more than really any other one. You know, we haven't, we went through the first two series and didn't mention coaching. And now in this one and the next one, I'm absolutely going to mention coaching. Um, Barry Trotz, I love what he did. Obviously, cup winner from Washington two years ago. The defensive style really bode well with the Islander team this year or uh, last year where didn't, I believe Grice and Valamov, did they not win? That was a Leonard Leonard. Leonard, I'm sorry. Thank you. Still they, you know, winners of the the Jennings. I, I think that that is going to be kind of a good X factor, the defensive structure, which will help the Islanders um, as much as any of the offense versus offense. It's going to be the defensive-minded head coach that kind of helps steer the ship um, for the Islanders. Uh, I get you got to concur with that because it's, it's a very good point. That's <laughs> you're, okay, like, you're I, just sucking I, up to no, the no, guest. No, I'm I'm sorry, but it it's you have to be honest with yourself though. It's a point that we talked about every single series in this entire show. Not once did we talk about coaching. Not once. Well, and it, I I have weird feelings towards coaching. <laughs> I I don't know how much it could call in Bill Sweeney right now. Phil, what do you think? No, it, <laughs> it, you know, because, but Phil, see that that's the thing. I mean, it, that he's kind of the one that's, it's shown me where, where coaching can be important. Cause you get to, I get to talk to him and I get to hear the idea and the, the this, that, and the other thing, a lot of time with these, with, at the professional level, you know, I just like where, you know, at the end of the day, goalie got to stop puck. I, I mean, so much of this just boils down That's to really goalie stop puck, but there's all, you know, getting the matchups and, and getting things right in terms of, you know, okay, well, their fourth line's out. So now let's get our first on there and right-handed face-off guys versus left-handed face, and just all those kinds of things. And 
and, and Barry Trotz all those years with Nashville gets the cup in Washington. You know, I, I just think that that's, that's the kind of thing that that's just so important this series. And, and then the next one, I think coaching too will, will, will come up and it has to, it has to come up. But, but I, I like what Barry Trotz brings to the table. And I think that that could be his scheming, his ability could really help be what helps slow down the Florida defense or the Florida offense. Excuse me. Because I mean, look at it this way. We're not going to knock Joel Quinville because the re- that guy is going to be in the hall of fame as soon as he decides to stop coaching, because th- there's yep. no question. He's one of the best coaches in the history of the game. That said, you can't, the goal, the coach isn't stopping the puck. He's not. I mean, Sergey Bobrovsky has just been abysmal. These are his worst numbers since the 11-12 season when him and Berzgalov were looking at the stars and the moon during the HBO series leading into the stinking Winter Classic. But that said, I mean, it's it, if the offense can step up, if Huberto, Barkov, if those top guys can really play a factor in the series, if they are lighting it up against the Islanders, they're able to break through that defensive structure. Florida has a chance. Because, I'm sorry, guys, Bobrovsky, he's not Bobrovsky of last season. Bobrovsky of last season, with a couple of goals here and there by the Blue Jackets, were able to give the, I'd say, give the Eastern Conference champion Boston Bruins a run for their money. That's not Bob this year. He's not, I mean, gosh, $10 million. Here's a a little nugget. And, and, you know, I I don't have these numbers in front of me, but there's, there's just... There's something you got to remember here, and this is very interesting about this time off, is that the reason why Patrick Waugh, Martin Bordier, guys like that were as good as they were was because they did it every year. The greats are consistent. The goods are not cons- – the goods can be great. They just can't do it all the time. Right. Well, we basically had an offseason. Does that change mindsets slash – kind of that off year on year. Are these guys coming back to what would be their on year now? Because Bobrovsky's had some on year, off year, on year, off year, on year, off year in his career. Is he now, because he's had three months off, even though they're going into the playoffs, is he going to swing into almost an on year mode now? Just food for thought for you on that. Oh, that that's a valid point. And Bob just he, comes out and just makes 40 saves, 40 saves, 40 saves. He, Somehow they win one, nothing, one, nothing, one, nothing. Well, I don't yeah. think it'd be one nothing. It might be like three two, five four. Yeah, I like I said, I or you guys said it. This the scoring there could be score. I mean, I can't get over Keith Yandel somehow is is even, which is I just shocking. But <laughs> all star defenseman Keith it. Yandel. Just remember that guys. It, it, listen, he's been he's had a good year, been great, been great through his career as an offensive defenseman. I just don't see anybody shutting anybody down for any long periods of time in this series. Yeah, I mean. It's it's going to be a weird series. What what do we Thomas? Yeah. What are we what are we thinking on this series here? Because I, I've I've for some reason, Alex always picked Carolina to be his dark horse. Florida has always been the team I always want to do well. I don't know why. I don't know if it's because it's because you're a Roberto Luongo fan. That's probably was my thing. Was I well, love also you you also like John Van Beesbrook. Beezer, I was always I was a Beezer fan. I loved the. I think that's where I got my Florida fan. I loved Pavel Bure when he was with there for a few years. And yes, Roberto Luongo. But now he's not there. And Bob's there. That said, I mean, that's why... Oh, Roberto Luongo's still there. Well, Just not... He, 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 is, he, as, he, li- as an he lives down there, yes. I, you got, I gotta go Islanders on this one. I'm gonna make the first prediction. Islanders, 
Oh gosh, if Bob stands on his head, it's a, it's the Carey Price thing. If Carey Price plays well, All World goaltender Carey Price, it's a different series. If Bob plays amazing, Florida has a chance. I just am not too confident this season in Sergey Bobrovsky. Islanders three. Islanders in three games. Thomas, what is your verdict? Wow, Islanders in three. And that that, that what you said is that if, what, Tyler is that what you said? If, Islanders in three. If that if, is what he said. If Barry Trotz's wow. defense shuts down the top line for Florida. Let's clap our hands, call it a day, and get ready for the next series. I mean, it's it's that's how they're going to live and die is their offense, Florida's offense. If they can't produce, it's over. I don't think Bob can save them this year. Um, that's that's bold, Cotton. That is a bold call. It is a bold. Um, see if pay it off. I, I, you know, I again, I'm doing it, and I hate taking constant higher seats because I know it just doesn't play out that way. I am going to take the honors in five. Um, I think that this one will go the distance. I think that they did the, the small moves. They made a couple of the, the move of bringing in Andy green and, um, uh, uh Pajot at the deadline going to be very, it's going to be super, super big pluses. Um, Barry traps behind the bench. And it'll be interesting to see if, uh, Bellows didn't play in his lat the last game that they played, but he had two goals and assists, three points in eight games played on the year, what will the youngsters do? Will he come up and be a part of it? Will it will I would actually expect to see him over Andrew Ladd to be younger, faster, stronger. Those names are going to be the ones that lead the Islanders to a win in five. I do have to agree with you there, Thomas. That's going to end in five. You're just just you're just sticking up, stucking up, Thomas. But aren't you? oh wow, whoa! I'm gonna not ha- so fast, my friend. Whoa. Where, where's where's Lee Corso? Not so fast, my friend. Lee Corso, not so fast. I'm gonna miss him. Anyways, give me that head. Puts on the Panther head <laughs> because I think the Panthers, oh, man. Joel Quinville, and <laughs> Sergey Bobrovsky. Bobrovsky. Throw in you know like Brian Boyle in there. Why not? I think that's what's gonna. I think that's really what's gonna be. It might just be the matter of you have this kind of pseudo off season to kind of put things together to make things just finally figure it out what you are as a, as a team and push forward. I can't say that how well they're going to do in the actual first round, but as far as this one, I think they will squeeze it out. I think, okay. I, I think that hey. at least one of these games though, it's going to go to overtime. There's, there's, there's oh, not yeah. at least one of these games is not going to go. is not going to stay within regulation. Overtime is going to ruin all the schedule. Oh, that's going to be hilarious, but. Hey, I mean, this is a series where it it may just be the fact that, you know, or you know, maybe I'll be I'll be completely wrong because, I, like I just said a little bit ago, we got ten minutes. The, the Islanders versus the Florida Panthers they play a back to back as well. So if they have like a single over overtime or double overtime, Islanders have a solid tandem where they can put in the other goalie. Florida doesn't really have that. Florida huh? has a goaltender by the name of Sam Montemurra, to which I say. Not a goaltender because I don't know who he is. It's literally made well, up name. It's a it's a and, I, and I'm pretty honestly, I'm pretty sure it'd be Chris Dreger, seven and two on the year with a two oh five goals against yeah. average, nine three eight save percentage. A Shout goaltender out. from Springfield. That's small sample small sample size, but hey, numbers are good. I mean, it's going to be Bob. But what I'm saying is, if if there's a if there's a change. I, it may not go right to Malt, uh, Maltembo. He's only played a couple more games than. Uh, and Dreger and Dreger started more, so that's right. Remember, we played in Ottawa for a couple of years. That's why I remember Dreger. 
Anyways, so we got two for the aisle, one for the Panthers. I'm saying sweep because I'm just going to be you know what? Just get it over. I got to go yeah. one sweep this predictions. That's fair. Last You've one. got one, Tyler, or uh, excuse me, Thomas has one. Goodness. Not a single one in the West, though. Not a single one in the West. Last, but certainly not least, we have the Hub City Defender Toronto Maple Leafs versus the Carriers of the Cannon Columbus <laughs> Blue Cannon. Jackets. Now, the Leafs come into this one 36-25-9, and nine, Blue Jackets 33-22-15. and 15. Doesn't matter. That being said, though, Columbus does have uh, John Tortorella, and he might be a little bit upset with the entire situation. So do you think, Tyler, that when you're looking at this, the anger, the wrath of Tortorella will be seeping into the water of his players and shoot them past your beloved Leafs? I will say I loved his quote when they asked him about having mics on the ice because it could catch, you know, some bad language or whatever. And in the press conferences, I don't give a, yeah, you know what? Yes. Super hydraulic instantaneous transporter. <laughs> but listen, Tortorella, yes, he has years of experience behind by Sheldon Keefe. Cup winner, Olympic coach, World Cup of Hockey coach, World Championship coach. He's done everything there is to do. He will most likely also be a Hall of Fame head coach. Boy, if he can control this series. Like, I still think Tortorella should win. He would be the second coach next to Jock Demers to be the only coach to win the Jack Adams twice with one team. I think he deserves it. With the team the way it's been this year, Jonas Corpasalo, absolutely phenomenal. Big breakout year for him. Gets hurt. Elvis Merzlikens comes in. Big breakout year for him. I, and here's the thing. We've watched Leafs more than any other team. They are inconsistent. They have been great. They have been bad. They have been good. They have been decent. They have beaten the Lightning. They have lost to a Zamboni driver. This team has done everything <laughs> and the kitchen sink. Austin Matthews, he admitted he had, well, excuse me, he didn't admit he had COVID. He was kind of goaded into that because someone reported it, Steve Simmons. And he's not going to be at 100%. Mitch Marner is going to really have to carry this top line. William Nylander's going to have to step up. Ilya Mikheyev had a great camp. He's going to have to be huge this year. I mean, it's going to earn this playoffs. It's going to be interesting to see what's going to happen. If Nick Robertson plays, though, I will lose my mind. It'll be awesome. But He's currently listed on the third line. I am so, oh man. I, don't give me a I'm getting new goosebumps. Nicholas Robertson. I am interested to see. It's going to be the goaltenders, whether it be Corpus Allo or Merzlikens. Tortorella's both came out and said, quote, both deserve to play, end quote. Frederick Anderson. If he plays like he does in December, November, where he's at the top of his game, Leafs have a great opportunity. If he plays like he does in October, when they when they first come back, no, he doesn't coach here anymore. <laughs> um, if he comes out like he does in October, we may have another three series, guys, three game series. Look, let's be honest here. Freddie's got to step up, no question about it, because the defense is still young for the Leafs. The Blue Jackets, they have a little bit more seasoned defense, a little bit tougher. That's where it's going to be the big difference, though. Tortorella's tough, defensive, physical team against the young kids who are exciting offensively but haven't really had to have gone. I mean, they played Boston the last couple of years, so you think they've learned their lesson, but they're not as physical. They're not as strong, and I think that's going to be the big difference in this series is the physicality between the Jackets compared to the Leafs. That's a valid point, Tyler. Uh, Thomas, Thomas, your thoughts? I, I, I can't take a team seriously that – my bigger my bigger problem 
with the loss to Carolina with David Ayers <laughs> was not the loss necessarily. It was the fact that they were still outshot by 20. Yeah, that, that is that, true. That yeah. I mean, y- y- if there's any game where you have to realize any shot, all angles, we need to just force the play, carry control or, or, or gain control and just hit another level because if we get enough pressure, we're going to score. And to not do that, to not be able to do that, I, like I, my ability to take Toronto seriously died that game. Yeah, I think it died I for a lot it, of people. <laughs> I said it for a lot of years. I, for, there's no doubting that their forward line, you know, and, and it, it kind of got thrown in, in the wayside or this lost a little bit when, when the, when the, the golden Knights made a run to the playoff made a run to the cup finals without a real true number one defenseman. Although they also had one of the, a, a goalie playing out of his mind. So that kind of offset that. I just don't like, and I, I think Tyler even said, I just don't like this defense score. I don't like that. There's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of guys. There's a lot of players. There's a lot of dudes. I just don't think that there's that guy that when you need that lockdown, it's there while on the other side, you could potentially have, you know, you're going to have Ryan Murray. You're going to have Seth Jones is going to be available. You have Zach Lorenzi. They might have the top three defensemen in the series are going to be all playing on Colum- with Columbus. And this is the one where this is the, again, I don't know, upset in a nine, eight, nine game. I, I don't really think that a nine knocking off an eight is an upset, but I, I do. I think that this is, I think this is Columbus. And again, I think this one goes five as well, but I, I do think, I do think it's Columbus because I just, I just can't trust the Leafs. I, that David Ayers game really kind of shook me. Um, not that I necessarily had the most faith in them, but I still just, they, they just still don't have that guy that can play, you know, 27 minutes a night or in an, in an over or in an overtime game that goes double overtime that you want to see out there 45 minutes. I mean, I know, you know, you don't, maybe some teams, maybe that's not it. Maybe teams don't actually don't want that. They want to be more spread, but just who do you, who do you trust in, in that moment? And I, you know, like I said, Carolina's got two or three guys I can trust in Toronto. I just don't know who if I if I have one. Yeah, true. That, that is very true. And you know, we'll we'll go on to predictions here because we are running a little short on time. Got about three minutes left in the show. Feel bad. <laughs> I'll st- I'll start off the predictions. Well, what, what I'll say. Well, Thomas went five for Columbus. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. So five for Columbus or games in five for Columbus. I'm going to say the Leafs in four, purely on the fact that this is a playing round but they'll still lose in round one. Tyler? <laughs> this, this hurts. Every year we've done, for the last, this is our third playoff, Alex. This sh- every time we pick this a series. Last year, so I picked, did I pick the Leafs or Bruins in 2018? I think I picked the Leafs. You picked the Leafs, but you said it's probably not going to happen. And then last year I tried to do the Kirk Herb Street deal. I'm just going to talk about, you know, the, the keys to the series, blah, blah, blah. I gotta pick this. Still year. didn't work. I gotta pick, to pick this year. I, I, I hate it. to go I, against my team, Alex. But just I have say to, it. Columbus, and I'll be honest, four, four. I don't for, think wow. that. I, I just. I don't. 
like I said with Thomas, I don't have the faith. And I mean, I know we got to wrap this up quick, but gosh, good Lord. I just, I just don't think they can do it. And this team needs a kick in the, in the pants, like a loss like this. They really, this franchise needs a loss like this, a brutal beating in their own barn. (laughs) Yep. Because really fast. I I do want to add, because I don't, I, I know it drove the city nuts, I didn't really think that there was any shame in losing to Boston either of those two years. Sorry, I, I just so didn't. Either. I don't. I, I, I didn't really think there was any shame in that. My hangover. I think that they was it. they they fell victim to the way the playoffs were set up, where they were the fifth best team in hockey and were screwed. I don't want to say screwed over because it's the system, but they had to play the third best, second best team in hockey both years. And I just think that that's that's a tough place to be. But I don't think that anybody really ever thought they were boss better than Boston, and I think that that kind of sucks for them that they drew them back to back first year, first rounds. True. True. That is very true. And that is a great note to wrap up the show on coming up next on 12 ounce sports, talking minors, the Brando. He's going to be talking about the MLB season, or at least the start of it. Tune in next week for our recap of the first weekend of hockey in four months, months. Actually also Tyler is going to be on Thursday night for TKS power hour, starting at 6 PM, going to 7 PM. For Tyler, for Thomas, for Harrison Watt, thank you so much. I'm your host, Alex Keel. We will see you next Monday.